Today we're talking about the Hunger Games. Okay. Yeah. Hi everyone. Welcome to Read and Repeat. I'm Taylor. I'm Juliana. And today we're talking about the Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Yay! Um, spoiler alert. Uh, we will be talking about details of the book. So if you haven't read it yet, go ahead, do that now, and then join in once you're done. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is a book that we've read before. We read it when we were younger, as is the premise of the podcast. We're rereading it now, and we're going to talk about it. I'm Yay. excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, I really loved The Hunger Games when I was younger, and I have been excited to talk about it. You already kind of started with, you know, what you thought of it when you were younger. So why don't we start with that? That's what we always do anyway. So yeah, what you, okay. what'd you think of it? So how I remember experiencing The Hunger Games when I was younger. First of all, I think we were in like middle school when we read it. Probably. It came out in like 2008. So I don't remember if it, if that if it was, it was like the Like same did we read year? it did when we... it came out? I don't know. I don't know. But I know it was starting to get big. So I think a lot of people were reading it at that point. Yeah. And then eventually it actually became like required reading for some people. Like in the Oh, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They did have to read this. But I remember reading it. <laughs> For the first time, it was like the end of of eighth grade, and I was on the bus. We were about to go on our class trip to Splish Splash. Oh yeah, which is a water park. <laughs> and I was sitting on the bus with my like bag of like you know actual things you need to take to a water park and my book because I couldn't you put it down. Always have to make sure you bring a book to a water park. I couldn't put it down because that was my experience with the Hunger Games. It was that it was kind of like. A car crash you can't look away from not because it's bad it's not but more like because it's it's kind of brutal especially as the series goes on horribly depressing yeah but it's so addictive to read and also i think that there's a lot of good stuff going on with the storytelling too and we'll talk about that me having to bring this book with me to splish splash was like that kind of says it all i think yeah. i actually don't really have such vivid memories of it it's one of those books that i remember i enjoyed i think i've read it multiple times because I think I thought it was really good, like, well-written and stuff. But I thought this was going to be one of those books where, like, the movies had ruined it for me. And it wasn't really going to be as good as I thought it had been. Not that the movies were bad, actually. They were fairly good. We shouldn't rewatch it. Yeah, I don't have such vivid memories. I think you feel a little bit more strongly about the book than I do. Which is fine. I and I was happy to read it and reread it now so it's good do you remember anything like around because it was kind of like twilight and that it was so big it was yeah that everyone everyone pretty much read it and everyone was talking about it do you remember anything around that like no no i don't <laughs> okay in the first book of the hunger games we start out with katniss everdeen our narrator and we follow her um on her journey as she's picked to be part of the annual fight to the death reality TV show uh, in her post-apocalyptic North American country of Panem, uh, where she and 23 other teens are pitted against each other in a fight to the death uh, where there can only be one victor. The age range, so I think we should mention, um, this is for children between 12 and 18 years old. Yeah. Um, and there's two from each district. There's 12 districts total, although there used to be 13. Um, but that one got wiped out when they tried to rebel. Yeah, and so the story kicks off when actually her sister is selected for this year's Hunger Games and she volunteers as tribute in her place. And then she and Peter Malark, the other oh boy from her district, are sent off to the capital 
to train and then meet their other contestants and then basically die. <laughs> now into the book. <laughs> first line. So um, this first line, I guess I'll read the first like paragraph or three like, lines. First four yeah. lines. Um, because it's kind of a really short first line. So yeah. we have, when I wake up, the other side of the bed is cold. My fingers stretch out, seeking Prim's warmth, but finding only the rough canvas cover of the mattress. She must have had bad dreams and climbed in with our mother. Of course she did. This is the day of the reaping. So we know we're meeting Katniss on the day that she is possibly going to be selected to fight to the death. And as you know, we just said, she does eventually go, but her sister is the one that Prim that she mentioned is the one who goes, who is selected. So what this first line does is first it establishes it will actually it establishes Katniss as kind of a solitary figure yeah. because she's waking up and she's noticing that the bed is cold normally like she and her sister I think share a bed um the one thing that's important to note is that most if not all of the districts are pretty impoverished in mm -hmm. Panem except for the capital um and, although, and maybe district 1 2 Yeah there's a few that four. might have more Resources. Uh, resources but she's in district 12 which is the farthest away from the capital and the most impoverished um so she's you know we've got like kind of a the setup of you know she and her family live in close close quarters with each other but then we also have this interesting um i idea of her being kind of already alone in the beginning because she does kind of come across as a solitary figure in a lot yeah. of ways um and separated from her sister and her mother in certain ways um, so we establish the characters of Katniss, of Prim, and of their mother right away. And we all already kind of know um, or have the impression that Prim is important to Katniss, that they have an important relationship. And also that Prim is maybe a little bit vulnerable in that she has bad dreams. She, she needs protection. Yeah. Maybe for, by, like this paragraph indicates, you know, she needs protection by her mother, but as we learn more, we find out that the protection really comes from Katniss and not so much her mother at all. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, it's not a bad first... No, it's not the most line. gripping one. No, it's it, there's not that much to say about it, I feel like. Um, but the most important thing is at the end, we establish that it's the day of the reaping. And theoretically, at the beginning of this, you don't know 100% what that means, but it sounds like a pretty... <laughs> It's like the word reaping. Yeah. It's like it's like you know the Grim Reaper. Yeah, like you think like, of oh. it's a it's it's yeah. it's a harbinger of of death basically. Yeah. Which is what it is. First it's in first person um, present perspective, which I personally have mixed feelings about as a, a narration device or is that narration style, I guess. Um, because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, who is she? It never makes sense to me. Who is this narrator talking to? What medium are they using to communicate this? Like, obviously in this situation, Katniss isn't talking to anybody. She's not writing things down. It, it, I mean, it's just like her internal thoughts, which is fine. But I'm also like, I don't know. Sometimes it takes me out of a book where I'm like, I don't, you know, I know that you're not like really communicating this. How do we have it in written form? It, this is a small thing, really, though, because I think it can be well done and it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, and I don't think it really matters for this either. I, I do really like this book and I think it does it does feel like her internal dialogue, basically. But it also sometimes feels like she's telling a story to somebody and I'm like, well, you're telling a story in present tense. I get what you're saying. I don't think it really bothers me. I think for this story especially because we're so in Katniss's head and she's so 
as we see throughout the story, we, we start to understand that she's a very like survivalist mm -hmm. kind of like in the moment fighting, like surviving kind analyzing of analyzing everything, analyzing everything. As yeah. It goes. Yeah. It makes sense to me that it's present tense. I do think there are some moments where she implies like she'll, she says something about like not knowing what something meant at the time, like not knowing the significance of a moment. Right. And so it does imply a more retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what, what throws you off a little bit. Yeah. I, and again, I don't really mind it. I've, I've seen it done worse. Like I, I don't really mind it that much, but that if I were to write this myself, I probably, which I, I wouldn't have, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to, but like, I, I just, I think I would have chosen first person past tense. Yeah. And I think that could work too. Um, I will say, uh, the pros are not great. Like the pros is, is, I mean, it's very simplistic. I think it works for the story. It, works, it definitely works for the story. I wouldn't write a different story with that prose, but it definitely works because she is, what, how old is she? 16? 16. Yeah. And so since we're so in her perspective, it, it's very like the prose, like I said, it's, it's not like the best written thing. Like one thing our, our mom mentioned, cause she read it. Um, she hasn't read it in a while, but she read it back in the day. And she, one thing she pointed out is that she was irritated by the writing. She just felt like it wasn't well-written. Mm. Um, and it doesn't really bother me that much, but I did notice this time around when I was reading some, some spots where I thought, okay, yeah, this could be better. Yeah. But for being so in the head of a 16 year old whose main focus is survival. Yeah. It kind of works. And it yeah. is very like clipped and direct in some areas, like some respects where, it's not flowery. It's not overly descriptive, um, except for places where it makes sense for the character to be paying extra attention to certain mm -hmm. details, whether it's because she's paying attention to another character for like the reasons of analyzing their next move mm -hmm. or analyzing what they're doing or analyzing a situation um, so she can make the best decision or because she's experiencing something she's never experienced before and it's a novelty to her and it's yeah. something that she's really like in the moment with as we see, especially when she goes to the capital and, and like gets introduced to food that's not like rabbit that she yeah. caught from the woods. Um, and she's like having this experience of like, oh, eating like food that's on Good another food. level. Yeah. Which food is like a big thing. It is a big Obviously, thing. Obviously it's called the Hunger Games. Yeah. Actually with that, let's talk a little bit more about um, the setting uh, because we mentioned we're in Panem, uh, which has a capital which is literally just called the capital, capital C, capital, and then 12 other districts. And we also learned that there used to be a 13th district, but they were like obliterated because they tried to rebel. Um, and so more into the history of that is that apparently there was some kind of like nuclear war situation that happened. Um, and then... Panem was kind of established out of that. Yeah. As a, basically a dictatorship. Yeah. And but then... they have a president. Yeah, they have a president, President Snow, and uh, I, well, I think I don't think he's the first president of Panem, but no, he's not. The he's first, the current yeah. president. Yeah. Um, and the Hunger Games was established at the when Panem was established because it's meant to be like simultaneously like a punishment to the people and for a, the war that happened and a reminder of the destruction that happened. Yeah. So to convince them to make sure it doesn't happen again, essentially. Yeah. And of course, underlying that is the actual reason, which is to keep the citizens like in line, scared and, and, and uh, let them know dependent and, 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 and let them know like what the capital is capable of doing, yeah. which is taking their children and making them fight to the death on camera for everyone to see. 
once a year once a year like, it's such a big thing to happen once a year too because it could go on for like many many days possibly weeks and then like they have a whole victory tour like a couple months later and i'm like you there's only like a few months out of the year that they can actually escape the hunger games yeah you know? the hunger like, games is really it's not just like a one and done kind of thing no. it's just constant it's pretty fucked up um but yeah and one thing that's really interesting that the author does with the um uh districts is they are each it's like both simplistic but also like it's 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 it works really well for the story is that each of the districts is really based around the whatever resources they produce yeah and so district 12 is like the coal district because they're in, in like the appalachian area yeah. of the united states or the former united states um it's also implied that like the sea has encroached on like a lot of the land yeah so like so what is probably now middle pennsylvania is the coast almost yeah or like closer to the coast like where we was. live is gone yeah. probably <laughs> um and, like coast in the united states is probably gone yeah um and and district 12 is not a coastal district um there's like land beyond that that was district 13 and so so that was probably on the coast yeah um but we get the i don't know if there's a, there's a map floating around anywhere of what penham like, there probably looks like. is in the physical book probably. actually but we read it not yeah we, we read it on kindle so yeah but basically like in district 12 they mine yeah. and and it's like think about t today's modern coal district not district is the wrong word um today's modern coal mining regions that would be where district 12 is yeah um, and then other districts, like, I think they kind of, like, get closer into the capital as you yeah. go until you reach the Rockies. So it goes west to the Rockies, basically, yeah. Yeah, and then that's where the capital is, which I guess is, so like... So California's gone, and a lot of... Yeah, because, like, the Rockies is, like, Colorado. Yeah, which is, like, not that far. So it's a yeah. much smaller United country, States. Country, yeah. Or, yeah, much smaller country than the United States. We touched on this earlier, but as you get into the capital, it's, like, you gradually get into, like, the wealthier districts, and... It, it's kind of like I think like districts like one through four, four or it's like one two and four maybe not three I'm not sure why I, I can't remember the exact breakdown yeah. are are much more much closer to the capital and therefore much closer to the capital in culture so the capital is kind of where like no one from the capital has to do the Hunger Games yeah. they all watch the Hunger Games yeah. they are um, really interesting in their contrast to District 12, which yeah. is why I think it was a really good choice to have Katniss be from District 12 and be the perspective character yeah. that we get. Because it's like we have the people from District 12 who are like the furthest from the capital that you can get. And that's in both in like distance and in culture. Yeah. And so you can really feel that disconnect from like the dogma of like the country to like the people who are like just like barely hanging yeah. on <laughs> yeah because Katniss has like her family her dad used to be a coal miner and he died in a, a mining explosion when she was 11 I think yeah I think so and so she's basically been struggling to survive and providing for her family for seven no five years I guess yeah since then um and her dad, we get the impression that he was a bit of a rebellious soul who taught her... He didn't her... do anything outright, like, to start a No, but he, he had ideas and he would tell her about them. And, and when she was a kid, she would repeat these things and, like, 
her mom would even be really nervous about it because this is not the kind of country you can just say anything yeah. you want and not be punished. Um, but so she's had that in her from the get go. And you get the idea that probably a lot of people in District 12 have similar ideas, even if not everyone, because it is one of the most impoverished districts and one, yeah. of, the, one of the places where people have the most reason to question the status quo of the country because they're like, yeah this sucks and the, the 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 unfairness is very obvious to them it's in their face and then you contrast that with district one i mean not district one even the capital and like people have no care in the world they only care about like basically the way that they look and all these crazy crazy fashions and you know having fun and and everything is a game to them everything is you know exciting and fine because they have no cares in the world essentially yeah and it is truly i mean you can it's it's nothing that's not realistic to like actual yeah. life. Like we can all, especially. I mean, there's aspects of the lives that we all live that are are well, at least in the United States, in a, a certain like economic bracket, that really do mimic what the capital is, and then certain aspects of society that do mimic like what the other districts are. So it's like it's nothing that doesn't exist in real life. Really, it's just a really heightened like obvious version of it where we have literal reality tv shows where people kill each other (laughs) but it's not that far away from actual reality yeah so let's yeah let's get to um let's actually let's talk about the reaping i want to tell you my least favorite character it's a surprise okay yeah we don't have to do that right now but i'll tell you let's 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 talk about like the reaping and like that kind of thing and like then we'll get to the characters okay fine Okay, so... I'm gonna take my braid out because I feel like it's making my neck, like, I'm like, I gotta, I'm very stiff. Okay. So, go on. Just don't, don't mind me. Okay. Um, so, obviously, as we mentioned, we start on the reaping day. Katniss tells us, a lot of the book is told in, like, Katniss flashbacks. It's a pretty simple kind of setup where we are starting, like, close to the action, but we are getting um like lengthy flashbacks as we go through the first like few days so it's kind of understand the context yeah so um we learn that Katniss uh basically every day she gets up she goes uh she sneaks under the fence which is usually electrified but they don't have like the money to actually keep it electrified all the time in the district yeah so So, I I wouldn't even say usually I think it's at this point it's sometimes electrified yeah it sounds like so usually she's able to slip under the fence and go out and meet her friend Gail whose father was also killed in the same mining accident from years back. So they both actually, like, met up in the woods they, one day, and then... Because they both, like, inherited the provider position for their families. Yeah, they both have to end up having to take care of their families because basically, like, the only stable employment, really, aside from if you're, like, a baker or, like, someone who works in the town and, like, has a shopkeeper or, like, a, an apothecary or something like that, um, the only other employment really is, like mining and so when like the only person who can really mine in your household dies you kind of are in big trouble so uh she and gail end up both sneaking into the woods separately but then they meet up and gail is a boy who is two years older than her so yeah he's 18 yeah so this is his last reaping yeah so at the time of the story it's like if he makes it this year without being uh selected then he's he's free and clear yeah um so uh, and we also learn, though, that uh, you, aside from the um, illegal stuff that they do, like they, they hunt, so Katniss's father made 
bows and arrows and so she took them and learned how to hunt with them so she and gail hunt gail's good at making traps um in the woods so aside from doing that and then also selling that meat on the black market because there is an underground trade where people you know do things like that to make money and even like the peacekeepers who are the officials in the town they know that that's a thing and they go along with it because they want the meat too like it's it's kind of like everyone there is just like under the table like we know what's going on yeah we're not going to say but, anything. yeah because especially because this is district 12 and you know we need any kind of even the Anything, like, even the people in the district who are better off are yeah, like we, like, we yeah. still want like we want good meat yeah. <laughs> um so uh so not only are they uh illegally doing that and um also like gathering um edible food and stuff in the woods they also are able to do a thing where they go to the justice building i think like every year around their birthday oh yeah and they can take out tesserae i think which it like it's basically an extra allocation of some resources yeah. in exchange for an extra it, like they are submitted into the reaping ball basically for the Hunger Games more than once. Yeah. So everyone gets submitted once per birthday of when they hit 12 to 18, but you can put your name in more times in order to get more resources for your family. And it's cumulative. So if you do it 3 your first year you have those three the next year and yeah then you so then if you want more then it's, it's six and then you know whatever so i think I like katniss at this point is in like 20 something times yeah, and, and gail's, gail's in like 48 times yeah yeah so they're both just like again like they're acutely aware of the unfairness of this um and so like one thing it's like that... very clear that the poor people have to do this essentially to survive so they're just more likely to be in yeah, so they're the ones who end up getting the brunt of the Hunger yeah. Games. Like, they're more likely to be in the Hunger Games. It's just very unfair. And so, yeah, so then, so Gail, uh, Katniss talks about how Gail in the woods especially gets a little bit fiery sometimes when he's talking about, obviously, the injustice going on. Yeah. And she agrees with it, but she also notice, notes that she doesn't see the use in in ranting about it basically because yeah. she's again she's like very survival focused like she's yeah. just like in the moment i need to make sure that my sister survives and my mother survives and of course during this time we also learned that her mother she and her mother are kind of have like a distant relationship because after her father was killed her mother fell into a deep depression and then and just shut down shut down completely and so wasn't able to take care of her and for him the way that she might have been able to and so that's why Katniss really had to step up and there were some really bad days where they were it led to them almost starving almost yeah they yeah. almost starved to death with that on the day of the reaping which we only just got to a half hour into this video <laughs> well we're gonna have to cut some stuff out so it's not a full half hour that's but... true um so on the day of the reaping um what happens is we have Effie Trinket the uh capital representative for district 12 who comes from the capital every year to announce the uh players from this district and then yeah. take them to the capital and train them to be in the hunger games um she comes and everyone gathers in the square everyone has to be there unless you are at death's door and they will go around and they will make sure that yeah. you are there um and then they divide up the boys and girls in each age group and they pick the names and so of course we get the moment when we, we, we've had this buildup of, of learning how much Prim means to Katniss, how much she's done to 
protect her. Protect her, help her survive. She never lets Prim, Prim it's her first, first of all, Prim is 12. Yeah. It's her first year. Her name is only in there like once, once or twice yeah. or however many times like you get put in the first time. I think just once. And so she's like, not even thinking about that Prim could be picked. She's done everything she could to minimize yeah, she that didn't chance. let Prim take out any Tesserae. Katniss only did that. Her name's in there, you know, like we said, 20-something times. Yeah. So we're not even thinking that's a possibility. The odds are in Prim's favor. Mm-hmm. Except they're not, because then Prim gets picked, yeah. and Katniss has that moment of, like, time stops, the world freezes. She's like, what? Am, what's happening? Um, and she runs forward and does something that not so this is something that is interesting is that they can't you can have a uh, another person volunteer to go in place of the person who gets picked and normally this doesn't happen in districts other than like maybe the One first few two, who are yeah. more dedicated to the hunger games as a concept because there it's like an honor to go so people yeah. want to go and they're usually the winners too yeah um but in this case a lot of the times no one wants to go and not a lot of people are really willing to step up to go in other people's stead. It's just like, it's just a tragedy kind of that happens every year and you just kind of deal with it. But Katniss is like, hell no, Prim's not going. So she runs forward to volunteer and like people are shocked because it's like, we've, we haven't had a volunteer in district 12 in forever. What's, what's even the rules? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this possible? Um, but then of course, like Effie, Trinket, the announcer for this, who, uh, one thing that we should mention is that the Capitol people are all described as being very, like, flamboyant in their appearance and, like, lots of makeup, like, lots of color, things like pink hair and, like, you learn more as you see more Capitol people that a lot of them are, like, wearing, like, wild, like, makeup or they have, like, really interesting, like, surgical yeah, alterations. alterations, like, L.A., <laughs> yeah but like a much more extreme version <laughs> yeah like a really extreme version of la yeah in contrast to the very like more naturalistic and impoverished like district 12. and simple yeah. attire of the people of district 12 so, so like, she stands out right now yeah against everybody else and she's like oh like how exciting like yeah I'm a volunteer you know and then really the rest of like the square like all the people in the square are like shook they're like what is happening? And so we have this really intense moment where, because this is such a break from the tradition, from tradition, basically in District Twelve, people had this moment where they um, they're like all bonded together in this moment of like oh like gravity, the gravity of the situation, and they do this like three finger salute. Thing well, because they're like, asked to you know oh like. Go cat cheer for Katniss because everyone's so shocked they don't cheer. Yeah, they don't cheer, and so they do the. So instead of cheering, they do this, which is like a send off that they yeah. do at like funerals and stuff. Yeah. Um. And which so yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this this first glimpse at this tension that will be building throughout the story of oh this hasn't happened before and it's kind of it's kind of almost a little rebellious mm -hmm. in nature, but it's a very small gesture. Yeah, and that'll be picked up to more in the later books as well. Yeah. Um, and and by the end of the book as well, but I I think this book in particular is more focused on Katniss's journey internally, and then as we 
move on through the series, there definitely becomes more of a, the, the, the focus shifts externally, even though it's still her perspective. Yeah. But it's really important that she notices this yeah, yeah. and she internalizes this. Oh, like this moment is special and also kind of scary because yeah. what does it mean? Um, she knows that this is something the capital might notice and might not like. They, they might see it as, as the beginnings of sedition. Yeah. But she's mostly just shook and just like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. Um, and so she's standing there on stage and then they call the, the boy tribute. And when she hears the name Peta Malark, we are treated to another flashback. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of but flashbacks. They just stop a little bit you know once we get into the yeah there's yeah. there's a few in the arena no, there too, are though. Still, yeah um so we learned that Peta is someone that she actually knows but not personally um but this very important memory like a core memory of hers comes up of when it was like the worst days after her father had been killed and they were like starving and she had no idea how she was going to feed herself or her family and so she's trying she's in the town she's trying to look through some trash bins outside the bakery mm. the bakery to uh find some like extra bread to bring home or something yeah, just any kind of food yeah and then the baker's wife just like comes out and and like her and choose her way yeah and yells at her and scares her off um and she notices that one of the sons of the baker is watching. And so then not too long after she hears like some kind of arguing inside. Well, because she doesn't get too far away. Like she's so weak from hunger that she basically like slumps down by a tree and is like, this is the end. I think just like that. Yeah. I'm not gonna, that's not anyway. Do. anyway, anyway, so the baker's son, uh, comes back out and it looks like he's been like, smacked or something because he's got like a welt or something on his face and he's carrying two loaves of bread that have been burnt on like one side and the his mother like yells to him to like feed the burnt bread to the pigs or something yeah and so he starts doing that but then yeah but then without even looking towards Katniss he tosses them off to the side towards her and then goes back inside and so she is like oh snap he did that on purpose he did that on purpose so he could give me the bread. And so she takes the bread home and it's like the first real food that they've had in like some time. Yeah. And they, and she brings it home and she manages to make her mother get out of bed and like they sit at the table and they eat the bread and it's like great. And then a few days later, she sees the boy at school and she like makes eye contact with him briefly. And then she looks down and she sees a, a dandelion on the ground. And then she remembers that her father taught her about how they could use dandelions for food and, and all the different things that you can use it for. And then she's like, oh, wait, we're going to live. Yeah. I know how to do better. this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's when her life like improves exponentially by the fact of like, she just has this like moment of hope and this like moment where she can have a full stomach for just enough time to get herself like back in order and understand how she's going to survive. So yeah. PETA has become this kind of symbol for her of that moment. And, and so now she's got to go to the Capitol with him and then fight know, to the death, fight to the death and, and hopefully kill him if she wants to survive. Yeah. But she also feels like she owes him. 
Yeah, so she's she's so. she's kind of bitter about like owing yeah, people. She yeah, she doesn't want to owe him. She doesn't like that she owes him. So it's it's important. This is important too. Is that she's a very transactional kind of. She has a very transactional way of looking at life and yeah. like relationships with other people. And so to her, it's like there's gratitude for this, but it's also like annoyance annoyance <laughs> about feeling like she owes him and. And it's interesting to see how different Peta is in his approach to life and how he has a very different perspective on things like that. But yeah, yeah. so that's why Peta is someone who's already important to her, but it's not that they're friends. They're, they haven't spoken. There's just this one very important interaction that has cemented him as a v important person in her life. And so let's speed it along a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. So now we've got the setting. Um, we're speeding along on the train, which is honestly, Candace's time in the capital is my favorite part of the book because she gets to eat like real food. She's comfortable. Like she's got all of the amenities that she can want. It's just for a few days while like they're all training and stuff. Um, but I really enjoy it because there's, even though there's the impending doom and death, uh, it's a little... A little chill. It's like the calm before the storm. It really is. It, it's like, and so Suzanne Collins is really good at like sensory detail. Um, mm, yeah. So she's really good at describing um, like the sensations of like the shower, the first shower that Katniss gets to take yeah. and the clothing that she gets to wear um, and the food that she gets to eat that she really enjoys. Um, and also later on the very painful and like graphic moments yeah. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword there yeah. but yeah the capital is definitely like a nicer time i mean it's also where you get to see just the extent of the disparity between the lifestyles yeah. of people from district 12 and people from the capital and it's so disturbing we haven't talked about hamish yet we haven't talked about hamish <laughs> yet uh so effie trinket is the capital representative who works with district 12 hamish abernathy is the one former victor from District 12. And he's basically the town drunk. And he lives in the victor's village, which is only inhabited by him because District 12 doesn't really have victors. It's it's just him from, I don't, I don't even remember how many years ago. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's like middle-aged now, um, hates his life. That's why he's always drunk. And um, he's basically supposed to coach Katniss and Peeta um, before they get into the arena, which Katniss and Peeta don't like because he's basically already given up, but they managed to kind of bring him out of his shell. Cause like they both are like, Hey, let, you know, you stop this. You can't be drunk. Like we, we need help. We need help. We want to, <laughs> you know, give it our best shot here. And so I guess, I guess former though, the, all of the other, uh, ones, hunger games, people that he's coached, Tributes. Tributes that he's coached, like, didn't have that fighting spirit is, I think, what we're meant to understand. Yeah, I think it's implied that really the situation usually is it's, like, starving kids who probably haven't had the access to, like, certain kinds of resources and education that Katniss and Peta have had. Like, Peta being a baker's son. He's a little bit wealthier than, I mean, he's not wealthy. But he's just better he, off. He's had like a more secure. Yeah. He's more more con consistent access to food, basically. Yes. Um, then Katniss has had consistent access to food because she can hunt. Yeah. And that's mainly it. And so it's more often people who probably haven't had the 
like ability to become as resourceful as they have and haven't had the opportunities that they've had and so are kind of just like desperate terrified children easily killed (laughs) yeah and 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 maybe haven't been able to stand up to Hamage in the way that so they do manage to get him sober enough to like actually coach them which he does he does do it like in his gruff way he does jump into it yeah, so um, they, they managed to inspire something in him. And we can see, we can see, so we know that Katniss already has her, her reason for being, for having some kind of drive to win these games. And that's Prim yeah. and wanting to get back to her family. She doesn't have like confidence that she's going to win, but she all. has a reason to try. Yeah, And Peta seems to have a reason to try or to at least want something from this, even though it's not quite clear in the beginning exactly what Peta's yeah. reason is. And Katniss even, she goes back and forth. It's so interesting. She goes back and forth so many times about Peta. Yeah. Because at first, it's just about, oh, the boy with the bread, I, you know, I owe him. It's so annoying. Then she notices that on his first day, she she's very um, reserved with her emotions. She's like, I can't let the cameras see me cry. I don't want to be picked out as a vulnerable like target because the cameras are basically on them yeah. from like moment one through the whole games like they they could always be recorded they could always be filmed um and so she's like i cannot let them see me cry whereas Peta is obviously has been crying and is very openly like it's it's not something that he's trying to hide yeah. and so she's like "Ooh, like is he a weakling or is this like a, a tactic like a strategy is he trying to like seem like he's vulnerable and weak so that he can come out out of the woodwork and like you know she's like already like thinking about it in a strategic sense um and that happens a lot throughout their time especially before going into the arena but during it too where she's like what's going on in his head like what is he thinking switches between seeing him as like someone that she's she's getting to know that she owes that she has like good feelings for that she's becoming friends with and seeing him as an enemy because they are going to be pitted against yeah. each other. They're ultimately going to have to kill each other or at least not root for the other one's survival yeah. <laughs> at some point. Especially because initially, uh, Hamish, when he decides to actually help them, is like, all right, do you guys want to be trained separately or together? And they decide, I guess, together. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Um, so for the first part of the like their time in the capital, that's kind of like there's a publicity angle too that they're playing here and that becomes part of their publicity is, is presenting them as a team. Yeah. Which is, I wouldn't say unheard of, but kind of because every, even if you're going to the, with, you're going to the games with another person from your district, your ultimate goal is to also kill them. You know, you're not on the same team. You're not really supposed to be friends, but immediately and and this isn't even something that Katniss wants necessarily. She doesn't really like the fact that they are being like forced to be so friendly um, initially. But she kind of she, it's one of those things she goes back and forth on because it gives her some like stability. There's someone else there that she can lean on. You know when she's being presented to the Capitol and like you, you know there's a friendly face because she hates the attention. But then she also hates the fact that she's supposed to be with this person all the time and also knows that she's going to have to kill him. Yeah. But like they are they're They wear the same thing. They're told to hold hands when they're introduced, but the crowd loves it. They love it. I mean, it's new. It's, it's flashy. It's exciting. Um, they love seeing these two victors or not victors tributes together. 
yeah. when they are not supposed to be. And this is when we really start to understand that this is very much like a show. Like it's mm. it's a show and it's something that not everyone is watching with this idea in the back of their minds of, oh my God, how horrendous is this? Yeah. It's Especially like, the people of the Capitol. They're watching it like, wow. Genuine entertainment. Exciting. And they do want to walk that line between having people be genuinely invested in these contestants as people while also having people be okay with watching them die horrible brutal yeah. deaths on television. We should talk about a bit like the arena and what it is because what it really seems to be is that it's like a segment of land that they get dropped off on that could be any kind of environment. Yeah. And so and it seems like the capital has an infinite amount of resources to allocate to creating this space. Yeah. So even if it's the kind of land it is doesn't dictate where at the where the land is situated doesn't dictate the kind of land so i feel like they could create a forest in the middle of the desert if they wanted to yeah you get the sense that their technology it's almost to the extent that it's kind of magical yeah like it's not like presented as this is like a magical world at all but it's just that the technology is so advanced in some ways yeah. that it seems like it's just like beyond kind of explanation and yeah the arena is always like a different terrain it's it's not just a a, a bounded space where everyone can see each other it's it, it's meant to it's be vast a big. game that stretches out across at least a few days if not yeah. more and they never know exactly what it's going to look like uh what's what kind of like animals or creatures or things will be around what kind of if there would be grass or plants yeah. or a desert, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But yeah, so Hamish is coaching them from having been in the arena before, but he doesn't know exactly what they're going to be facing either. Um, so he's kind of coming at it from the perspective of strategy and anticipating different possibilities. And trying to get them sponsors. Yeah. The more popular they are, the more sponsors they'll be able to get, which basically means people will, rich people will pay to send them resources in the middle of the game. So Katniss does, once she's in there, receive a few things. Yeah. Um, which is very, it, it's super helpful. And District 12 historically doesn't have a lot of sponsors. No one's really interested in District 12. So when Katniss and Peeta are presented together and, and they're made into this big, exciting, like, oh my God, it's a team, um, that wins them over sponsors because people are interested. People want to pay to see them live a little longer and part of that too um is also the rest of their team which is effie so effie is kind of teaching them like how to uh how to appeal to the capital from more mm. of like the manners standpoint uh at one point she teaches katniss how to like walk in high heels and yeah. wear a dress and uh speak and, well, actually, Hamish is also involved in in talking her through speaking in interviews because yeah. they have interviews before they even go into the arena because they do want people to get to know these like contestants to yeah. some extent, and they have to portray some kind of angle. So Effie's part of that as well, and then they also have their stylists, yeah, who uh, create their outfits, but also um, are part of helping with the politics of everything and making sure that you know they look the part that they're trying to present. Yeah. Katniss and Peeta each have a head stylist. So for Peeta, that's Portia. And for Katniss, that's Cinna. And then they have like three other people who work with the stylists who get them all ready usually to um, like hair, makeup, clothing. Um, and we get to know Cinna 
the most out of Katniss's team and he's her head stylist and so first she meets like her three the three underlings who like work for him and they are described as being very like I don't necessarily blame her but she is very rude in describing these people yeah um, because they're like vapid and only care about the looks and but they like Katniss and they care about Katniss but they're very much like oh but it's, capital like bred people well it's because they're they're so clearly like they're invested in the games as games and they're not thinking of her yeah. as like a person who's about to be sent in yeah. to be like brutally murdered so like so, I, I understand her derision yeah. but it is aggressive the way that she describes them. it's really interesting well it's interesting because she's like very irritated by them and she's like trying not to like freak out especially like she's going through all the stress of like having yeah, especially to especially the first time she meets them yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like, there's this one line I remember where one of them says, uh, uh, and a lot of them have, like, I, I meant to look up the names, but, like, a lot of the, especially the capital people have names that, that go back to, like, Rome and ancient mm. Rome and Greece and things like that. Um, but there's one, like, like Flavia or, yeah. and there's, there's a couple others, but, um, which I just think is really interesting choice. Um, but they, they are, uh, basically getting her down to what they call beauty base zero where they're shaving all of her hair off of her body and like exfoliating exfoliating to moisturizing and like, yeah. <laughs> all that and one of them says ah there you go you're looking more human now and it's just so funny because it's like after all of her hair has been taken off and like yeah. it's like it's just funny the idea that she looks more human now that like the natural like body hair yeah, that she's had gone. has been like yeah. stripped off yeah. and like the you know she's dirt under her fingernails too, yeah. yeah she's so polished it's like that's like the capital's idea of like human, human. yeah um it's very interesting uh but that's... but Cinna is also not like that like he's portrayed very distinctly as very smart very empathetic very caring about her um and very good at his craft and but yeah and very good at his job and she's very surprised by him when she yeah. meets him because he's much more subdued um, and she realizes that in his own way, he's kind of crazy too, but in like a very like much more calculated and laid back kind of way. And you kind of get this idea that Sina might have a little bit of like some kind of, uh, he's very clever and he's yeah, got his he's own idea. he's definitely got his awareness of what the capital actually is as compared to the styling team, which they, they don't see it, but you get the sense that Sina does. And a lot of what he does is calculated very quietly as you know kind of mini rebellion like ah oh, like let's see how let's push the envelope let's push in, the envelope in yeah. a very subtle way that's also easily explainable if anyone questions it like we can yeah you know. like it can all be explained as like just part of the show wanting to make a big yeah. splash but also like he's got a little bit yeah you know he's got a little bit of an agenda i guess so yeah so we've got the stylist we've got we should talk about the training real quick, and then we should actually get into the arena, I Yeah, think. okay. So the training is the other important part of, besides, you know, eating all the food and getting styled and the interviews, the training is the other important part of what the tributes do before they go into the arena. And so, um, basically, they spend three days going around to different stations, practicing different crafts. So Katniss and Peeta stay together. Well, they're instructed to stay together, but they stay together the whole time. They do rope tying, um, they do uh, camouflage, which Peeta's really good at. Um, Katniss is really good at rope tying, although it seems like both of them get pretty proficient at the rope tying. Um, but there's different other physical things that they can practice, but they're doing this with all of the other tributes. So everyone's kind of getting a sense at, of 
you know, what the, everyone else is good at. Although they're told to hold in their best traits for when they are alone with the, what are they called? Game, game makers. makers. So um, they, because each individual tribute is going to be ranked and as far as like what the game makers think, it, basically how, how well the game makers think they're going to do. Um, each tribute gets a number. But before they sit in front of the game makers, they're going around seeing each other. And then eventually they go in and show off their special skills to only the game makers. So Katniss's special skill is obviously archery. archery. And Peeta's special skill is pretty much being strong and able to lift things. Yeah, like as a baker, he's lifted like lots of heavy bags of flour. Yeah. So um, that's something that Katniss actually brings up to him. Because he's like, look... I've got no shot. Uh, I don't have any skills. And Katniss is like, you're very strong, though. I've seen you lift bags of flour. Yeah. She's like, stop short selling yourself. Like, I don't know what your game is. You are strong. Yeah, and she does it partially out of, like, a suspicion of him. Yeah. Of being like, oh, you know, you're... you're but, like, you can tell, even though it's from her perspective, you can definitely tell, like, he didn't really count that as... You know, because that's, yeah. that's what he did, you know, for his dad, the baker, was like going to lift the flower for him and like whatever. It just, you know, it wasn't. So um, it, it was definitely, it was probably genuine that he didn't discounted that fact. But so they do decide, like, as they're a team, you know, him, Hamish, and Katniss all decide that, yeah, okay, Peter's going to be strong and he's not going to show that to the other tributes and Katniss isn't going to show her archery to the other tributes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now we do uh, meet some of the other tributes. Like some of the tributes are never named from other the other other yeah. districts. They're just but... called the boy from District Five or whatever. Yeah, things like that. But um, we know some of the the tributes. Um, mm -hmm. Like we mentioned, I think that District One, Two, and Four, but I'm not sure about Three, are known as the careers three. because they like actually train for this yeah. stuff and they have more money and more food and they are generally the, the people who are more, more likely to win. And so they're often more bloodthirsty and like more into the yeah. actual games. And so it's basically what they're raised to do. Yeah. So we know, um, we know that there are some of, some of the careers like are already just out there showing what they can do mm -hmm. from the beginning. Cause they, they're not really too worried. It's yeah. like about strategy. Um, so like we know about Cato, uh, from District 1. District 1, yeah. Glimmer, who's also from District 1. I don't know if we... We don't learn her name till later, but... Yeah. She's also from District 1. And then um, some of the other significant tributes are Thresh and Rue from District 11. So also, like, close to District 12. A very poor district. Yeah, farming district. And um, Rue, in particular, seems to take a liking to Katniss and Peeta and follows them around, even though they don't speak. And she's um, only 12. Yeah, she's 12, she's and so she reminds one. Katniss of her sister. Yeah. Uh, in some ways. And so Katniss is automatically, like, a little bit protective of this yeah. girl. But they don't really speak. Um, and then some other notable tributes, I think she mentioned specifically from District 4 and District 2. And there's a boy with a bad leg from District 10. It doesn't matter. We don't have to go through all 24 of them. Cause... And a redhead from District 5 who she nicknames Fox Foxface. Face. Yeah. Um, because she looks like a fox and she turns out to be pretty clever in the arena. Yeah. But so, um, yeah. So when they're all separated and they do, they present their special skills to the, uh, game makers, Katniss is last because it goes in order of the districts. So they're basically not even paying attention to her at that point because they were being served food and they've been drinking and she's like, 
doing her archery and she's like, hello, like what the fuck? And she's just getting mad because this whole experience is frustrating for her. She obviously doesn't want to do it. She obviously doesn't want to be there. She's also like, hello, I, 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 this, this is my thing. Like I deserve just as much attention. What is wrong with you? So she decides there's a whole rose pig, which this never made sense to me because they were served food like right before the last person is going which doesn't make sense. You'd think that the food would already have been taken away. I took it as like, done. maybe it's just like, they keep refreshing like the- I guess, food. but there's a whole they have an unlimited, out there. Like, and, and it's meant to be like, you know, symbolic of like, they have an unlimited excess, yeah. excess of food. And then like, literally they're about to be putting on the hunger games where yeah. it's a survival game and half of their, or more than half of their citizens are like consistently starving to death. Yeah, but like, they're fine. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so Katniss <laughs> is down here. They're up on a raised platform. She sees the rose pig with an apple in its mouth and she's like, screw this. And she like takes her bow and arrow and shoots the apple like out of the pig's mouth. And she's very good. She's She's uh, been doing this for years and knows how to shoot animals, knows how to shoot her target. So she shoots it and then walks out. She doesn't wait to be dismissed, which is like a big thing. And so she thinks that she screwed it up. Like she is so worried for her family. She's like, oh my God, they're gonna, they're gonna take me away. They're gonna hurt my family because I did this, blah, 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 blah. But fortunately, Hamish and Peta and Effie are able to calm her down because it doesn't make sense. They don't want to reveal what happened in there. Why? And they, they don't want her to, to become like a symbol yeah, of like- Yeah, they would have to do that if they wanted to punish anybody. So it's probably all fine and it is. And it ends up getting her the highest score, 11 out of 12, for out of any of the tributes. So it also puts a target on her back, kind of going into the games. Yeah. Well, then that's the thing, too, is that she goes through, like, the different possibilities of what, what a different score could mean for you. Because they get a, a score out of 12, like 1 to 12. Mm -hmm. And most people don't get anything above, like, a 10 or so, I think. I think, like, 11 might be one mm -hmm. of the highest scores ever. But um, she's like, middle of the pack, you know, you can kind of blend in. The bottom of the pack, you might be pegged as vulnerable. But at the same time, you could also use that to your advantage and then switch yeah. it up on people in the and arena. And gets an eight, which is a solid number. Yeah. It's a little bit higher in the middle, but also not so high that, you know, he is a target. Really. Yeah. And then getting the highest score, you know, it could intimidate people, but it could also put a target on your back and make you someone that they want to take out early. And so, but basically she realizes it doesn't really matter regardless because they're all gonna die like they yeah, most of them are gonna die in so. this fight to the death i mean what can they really yeah it's it's not gonna be a good situation anyway so she's like you know what why am i worrying about this yeah. um but yeah so it's but it's like oh she makes a big splash and then and the game well actually what before that one more significant thing pete has got his moment oh, to right, shine right, right, right. so i right before their like final interviews um Peta asks to be coached separately. And Katniss is like yeah. so betrayed by this because she's like, oh, I knew he was like, he had some kind of plan. Yeah. He's scheming. He, I guess we're not friends anymore. <laughs> and so she's like, all right, fine. Better, you know, better to do it now than in the arena because we're going to have to, you know, fight each other to... to, to <laughs> we're going to have to fight each other to the death anyway. Let's just like cut this all off. It's fine. So then... She has to focus on her interview. She's not really a people person. Hamish is very frustrated with her. He's yeah, like, he spends like four hours trying to coach her, and at the end of it, is like, mm, he's like, just give don't give them all the impression that you hate them, even yeah. though you do. 
Yeah. Um, and so she somehow like can't when she's practicing with him, she can't help but do that. Yeah. Um, so then during the interviews, like Caesar Flickerman, like the oh, yeah. the host, she she. She actually um, likes him. She likes him because she's like, you know what? He's really good at his job. He's, he's good at like making people respectful to the to the contestants. Yeah. yeah, and he's trying to make them put their best foot forward, basically yeah. give like, them their best he, shot. He doesn't, he's not the kind of interviewer who's like out to stump them. Like he he wants to help them. Yeah, and so between him and Cinna's styling, which is everyone is raving over his like the stuff that he puts her and Peta in. Um, between that and then the dresses and whatever, she makes it through the interview and she does okay. Like, yeah, she she's not great, but she's fine. Yeah, yeah. Then Peta is last. Is last, and he pulls a little wild card. Yeah. Out. So turns out Peta is a people person. Peta's thing Peta's is good at the interviews. interacting with other people and just having a good time and like being able to get along with people on like a a, a deeper level and like that's his that's where he shines and so he does a great interview and then there's a moment where he talks about uh caesar asks him and this is where i'm wondering if they're caesar allowed to knew. request like what they get asked yeah. about or something it's like how else how does he bring this up if Cena doesn't i mean uh caesar doesn't ask him yeah and it's like maybe it's something that he planned with hamish like maybe yeah maybe hamish was like look i don't i can get you this question yeah um but caesar asks Peta if oh you're a handsome boy. Do you have any girls back home, a girlfriend or something? And Peter's like, well, there is one girl. And he's like, well, how about this? You win the games, you go back home and you woo your girl. And he's like, well, that's going to be really hard because she came to the games with me. Like, <laughs> and it's like that. What? Like, what? And Katniss had no idea that this was going to yeah. be a thing. So this she's, is why Peter was asked to... Uh... Be coached separately. Yeah. So she's shocked and she has like a she's reaction. She's angry. Like she's very angry. Well, yeah. So right after the interview, they go into a room together and she pushes him over and like injures and his yeah, hands. Yeah, literally like gets cuts on his hands. The night before, they have to go into the arena and fight people to the death. Yeah. And honestly, I don't remember that. Like I didn't remember that until I read it again. And I was like, that's horrible. That's the thing about Katniss is that she's not necessarily a likable character i like her as a character but she's not she's allowed to behave yeah she's not a likable person necessarily because especially because she is so caught up in survival she does discount a lot of some of the more human aspects to the people around her sometimes in favor of calculating what is most likely to help her survive yeah but she's also not heartless no and she does feel really bad she feels really bad that she (laughs) hurts his hands the night before and Um, she's but she's still she's still confused about this but she then hamish comes over and explains basically like that um no this helps you this helps you you look desirable like you look like you know you you were doing okay before now you're someone to watch and protect and like want people might want you to live yeah and she's like, oh, shit. Because she she thought initially that Peter was doing that to, like, off, like, wrong foot her and make her yeah. seem, like, weak or something. Um, but, like, but then as soon as Hamish tells her that, she's like, oh, wait, did I react, like, well? Like, yeah, she's was like, it? shit, like, what? And and everyone says, no, yeah, you, like, looked shy and embarrassed and maybe a little bit interested. Like, it was, like, it, it could be interpreted that way. Yeah. It was good. And so she's like, okay. And she's fully, from a strategy standpoint, she's not really thinking about, oh, yeah. wait, does Peta actually have feelings no, for me? Was she, that, yeah, like, just like she thinks that he's just being smart. And yeah. she's like, oh, wow, he's actually really clever. Yeah. Um, 
And so she's taking it fully from that strategic standpoint. And so she's like, oh, okay, so now that's our role. We're the star-crossed lovers mm -hmm. from District 12. So that's our angle. That's what makes us interesting. Um, cool. And so then the next day we go into yeah. the arena. And I think this is a good place to pause and just say, this is a hard book, or at least for me, it's a hard book to read. Even before they get into the arena, like, it's just a lot of near starvation and poverty and sadness and in contrast stress. to the like obscene kind of culture of the capital right but that almost like the, but that even makes it reading about that like a little bit harder because you already have this backdrop of awfulness and then it just gets worse when you read about children killing each other that's where i actually want to mention that there are several moments of like pure human connection and like kindness yeah. in the book that really hit especially I think once you've read all of the books right and you know how it all ends and you come back and you reread it um I think a lot of them hit even more yeah it, it makes those moments much more pronounced because it it's against such a stark backdrop of awful yes and so it's like the even the the moment of the evening, I even like teared up a little bit when they the the citizens of District Twelve did the three finger salute mm -hmm. to Katniss out of respect for her decision to volunteer for her sister. Yeah. Um, reading about Peta giving the bread to Katniss and how it was such a small gesture and yet so selfless, especially because he he got hit. Yeah. Because he, he purposely with the black eye the next day. Yeah. Basically. Purposely burning the bread so yeah. he could give it to her and um, like even Gail like pulling Prim back from Katniss. Mm -hmm when she's getting on the stage or um, coming to visit her uh, before she leaves. And also we didn't mention the mayor's daughter, Madge, who is someone who she and Katniss don't really talk at school, but they are two outcasts. So they often end up like being partnered up for things or just sitting together. And so it's this funny moment where Madge comes up and, and, and is one of the people to visit her before she leaves and gives her this pin to wear of this Mockingjay, yeah. which we'll talk about what the Mockingjay means later. Um, but it's like such a surprise to Katniss because they never really talked, but then she realizes, oh, like maybe Madge and I were friends all along. Like yeah. maybe I actually had another friend. Yeah, but and she doesn't really think about it that way because she's so focused on survival. Like yeah. the whole way through the book, which honestly and, makes her an ideal candidate for the Hunger Games because she knows she's been in this mindset her whole, or maybe not her whole life, but like most of her life. So she is kind of right. Like, she doesn't realize how ready she is. Her mindset doesn't even change that much. No. Like, it, it's she, like... She's, she's just like, yeah, I'm still in fight mode. I've like, been in like, survival mode, and I'm still in survival mode. Yeah. And so it's just a seamless transition for yeah. her almost into the arena. And this is where Suzanne Collins, like, clear... At least, look, I'm not a, a well-versed survivalist, so I don't... I can't, like verify everything that is in the book but it, it, it's clear to me that Suzanne Collins did quite a bit of research to make Katniss a believable character who's resourceful and who knows a lot right. about plants a lot about hunting because you do actually like I or I never questioned it really even going into the games like whenever she was doing well like she's she does just the right amount of she's got the right amount of knowledge and skill coupled with just the right amount of like okay she's still in a perilous situation and she's gonna get hurt she's gonna make missteps but she's resourceful enough to you know come back from them yeah um but it make it does make sense yeah it yeah. Make, it feels like yes this is a girl who has spent most of her life learning about the plant life out in her. the woods and hunting and you know like yeah yeah and um 
and it's very believable and it's nice because I think that uh, there's a, uh, some issues I've had with other young adult books where you have a protagonist where the the, the book will tell you who the protagonist is and that they're but, good at things or like whatever but they won't show you yeah this is a good example of show don't tell yes it's very clear that Suzanne Collins knows her character and she's writing her as the character she's meant to be rather than just telling us just saying, oh, this is a cool premise. Let me yeah. just like write a story without really thinking about what what it would mean for this. And, character and all to be of her conflicting emotions add to that too. Like it, it's very believable because as much as she is used to the survival, you know, she's got to reckon reconcile these, you know, people being nice to her as outside of her survival mode. What does that mean? How does that fit in? And she's grappling with all of it. And so you do almost, I feel, see a little bit of humanization of her, especially with her interactions with Rue. Yeah. Um, and even with her interactions with Peta, even though that's mostly strategy. Um, There's moments specifically where you have yeah. that um, feeling that she, underneath the survival mode, like she's a human person who like longs yeah. for connection, who cares about people. Yeah, she's just like <laughs> not really sure how to let go of the survival mode and she can't really let go of the survival mode. She's, she's like, how do I, how do I interact? How do I grapple with How this? do these two parts of yeah, me, these, these two things- fit together. Like, yeah, fit together. Um, and yeah, so in the arena. Yeah, how do we want to talk about this? Um, I mean, it's most of the book, but I also feel like I don't want to go through all of the deaths and things. Yeah, I don't think we know? have to do that. <laughs> Let's just set up like, okay, so in the arena, they are all hoisted in on these metal platforms and they have like a minute to stand on them before they are able to run off and run into this giant cornucopia. So it's, it's interesting um, thing that no matter what where the arena is, and, and, and Katniss can see when, when they're first hoisted up that it's like, there's like a grassland, there's like um, a meadow, nice. there's like a, like woods, there's a lake. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a good setting for her, basically. And there's also a giant cornucopia where they all are situated around it um, that has um, like supplies, supplies and stuff in it. So it's like the corner, like a Thanksgiving cornucopia. Like yeah. if you are an American, you know that that's a thing that became yeah. associated with Thanksgiving, um, the holiday. But yeah. now it's it's this, this thing. And I gotta be honest, like when I'm reading the book and it says describes the cornucopia i mostly just think about it as like this area in the middle like i can't it's hard for me to picture a legitimate cornucopia. i think of like a giant silver like legitimate i i can't i i basically yeah. like it's that's the thing that i have the hardest time and i can like picture things pretty well when i read that's the thing i have the hardest time picturing even at the end when they're like climbing up i'm like yeah what exactly are they climbing well i mean <laughs> in the movie they even make it like weirdly shaped and different I don't even remember Not, what they did in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of, it sounds like a kind of, it's a weird thing to picture. It is. Um, but I, I like the, in theory, the symbolism of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically at the cornucopia, it's like you either run in and a lot of people like die that first day trying to get supplies. Because like there's, everyone's up at the front and so like someone's gonna stab you. Yeah. And so basically because Katniss has her survival skills, the strategy they came up with is like, just don't even bother with the cornucopia, yeah. just run. Like, it's a bloodbath, don't don't bother. Some people really need to depend on that because they don't know how to get food or water for themselves and there's usually some food or yeah, water, there's usually shelter. Yeah, like a lot of great stuff, especially yeah. in the middle. Like, the closer you get to the middle, the better the stuff is. Yeah, but Katniss is like, mm, I really want to get some stuff though. There's some. There's a bow and arrow in there. Like, if I can get that. And she wanted that. But then things don't go as planned. 
and well, the, well, the original plan was she was just gonna run into the woods, and Hamish told them to run into the woods, don't get anything. Yeah. She is like, okay, I'm not gonna go for the bow and arrow. Well, actually, she wasn't. No, you're right. She was thinking she was gonna do it. Peta. Then she sees Peta, and like Peta can kind of tell, like, hey, no, don't, don't go into the middle. And so he distracts her just long enough where like she can't. She's once the thing goes off, like she hesitates enough. So like, okay, bow and arrow's out because. She, she's fast, but, like, she's got to be ready. So she decides to settle for a backpack, which at first I forgot that it had all the stuff in it that it did. At first when I read it, I was like, okay, a backpack could be useful, but you have nothing to carry. The backpack <laughs> came with supplies. Yeah, there's, like, some... <laughs> a sleeping bag, which I think is super important to yeah. have and, like, basically kept her alive. Um, was that Did that have, like, the water, like, pellets, It had a water too? jug and water pellets, like but there was no water in the jug. But, yeah, yeah it had iodine, iodine to purify, purify water. water. Um, and so she gets away with that and, like, a tarp, and um, that's it. And, like, this is where things already, like, people are already killing each other. Yeah. Like, it's already going crazy. So then we end up following Katniss for a few days as she figures out how she's going to survive. Survive. And learns the terrain, and she goes deep into the woods. She's like, you know, I'm gonna hide and stuff. She's going like down into the valley, which she hates. She wants to be up high, but she's just trying to get away from people. And it's so interesting. Like her brain is just, just calculating all these things mm -hmm. and thinking about what she needs to do. And she realizes eventually she needs to find water. Yeah. She only saw the lake at the beginning, but now she hasn't seen any other water. And she's like, is that the only source of water? Am I going to have to go back there? There's definitely going to be people there. Yeah. She's she's able to hunt, so she's good on food. Or at least, like, for that first night, she is able to catch and kill and cook something. I guess a rabbit, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. So she's good on food, but she needs water. And I don't remember how long. I think it's, like, late until the second day until she actually gets some water. And she's, like, really thirsty. But she does, and it's fine. And she's got her iodine and, But, know. like, Suzanne Collins describing, like, her dehydrated state. Oh, yeah, you're, state. like, you're, like, sitting there and you're, you're like, dying. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I have Um, yeah. She's no, really it, good at yeah. describing the bodily symptoms of that. And you're, you're feeling it with Katniss. Yeah. Um, and then Katniss... So, one thing that happens is that every night, um... The cap, like when when night falls, the uh, game makers will play the capital anthem, and they'll show in the sky um, the faces and names of the people who were killed that day. So Katniss doesn't know who was killed yet, but she's she waits to find out. I forget who dies on the first day. It's uh, no it one that matter. you. It's not Peta. Yeah, Rue, no one that you've gotten to not know. Kato yeah, or Foxface. So she knows that like Peta is still alive at least, and um. She's like, I don't know, I wonder what happened to him. And then, eventually, because she, she, I think she's awakened by, like, a group of people or yeah. something. And, uh, who come close to her tree that she's in. And she sees that the careers, um, of the first few districts have teamed up. And Peta is with them. And she's like, oh. Which I still don't totally get it's implied that Cato wants to use Peta to find Katniss, but I still don't get how they didn't just kill him. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that they are all... I think it's it's early enough where they're willing to team up with each other sure. to take out the weaker or stronger, stronger yeah. um, competitors. And since they were willing to team up with each other, like, as the careers, you might think that they would be more likely to 
Um, I, I agree. There's some. Yeah, I, I don't know. That. I mean, that's not. We're, we're not. But knowing that Peta is, he has been set up at least to be a very, like, convincing and amicable True. kind of person. So I think you can take it on good enough faith that he was able to convince them sure. that he would be useful Fine. in some way, whether by outright trying to convince them or by saying the right things yeah. that he thinks will make them like think in the way that he wants them to. Um, because you, you do feel like PETA is like, again, with Katniss, along with Katniss, you're not sure how much of PETA is strategy and how much of PETA is genuine. Yeah. Like genuine, yeah. <laughs> authentic, you know? Um, and so, yeah, but Katniss is again, once again, very betrayed by PETA. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, he stopped me from going to the cornucopia and now he's teamed up with these bastards. She's like, she doesn't even think that he could possibly be playing like some kind of angle with them yeah she's like oh he's he's we're done we're done um and so she continues actually this is uh we're skipping some things i think but we can't i think that's okay there's too much to cover honestly so this is around book yeah just read the book um but this is around where she starts to um form a little bit of an alliance with rue at first it's when the careers and Peta actually find her and notice that she's there um and see that she's in the tree and are like come down, like, we're gonna kill you, yeah. basically. And she's like, haha, no. But they're all too heavy to climb the tree. Like, she's very yeah. small yeah, and light. Yeah, she's supposed to be smaller than, than people. Yeah. yeah. But they're, like, more, like, you know, built and muscly, and they've never missed a meal. So they're, like, you know, they're firmer, solid, and they're not really meant for climbing trees. Yeah. And so um, they, they decide to just wait her out, and they make camp below her tree. And then later in the night, Katniss looks over, and she notices something in the tree next to her. And it's actually Rue, the twelve-year-old from District yeah. Twelve, and she at uh, District Eleven, and she's watching her. And then she points up, and Katniss looks up, and she notices there's this big, like nest. wasp nest. Yeah. And she sees what they are, and she she she's pretty sure it's a tracker jacker nest. And so this is where we learn we learned a little bit earlier, I think, but this is where we learn more about the capital. Um, they've done some experimenting with like like genetically mutating animals. animals and so tracker jackers are one of these creatures with that they use to like basically like make bees or yellow jacks like more deadly yeah and also able to track down like if someone disturbs their nest like they can track down like whoever did it and like sting them and their stings are also very like intense and bring on hallucinations if they don't kill you yeah um so she's like, oh, okay. So Rue is like kind of helping her out here because she realizes if she can just get up there and like saw the branch off. She could set it on the careers down below. Yeah. Which is exactly what she does. And mm-hmm. so Peter's still with them, but he manages to get away with Kato. Canis is only stung. And Canis tells Rue before she does it, which is like pretty risky because she's like whispering across the trees like, Rue, I'm going to do it. And so Rue's able to like jump across the trees and like go and leave and um but yeah so so she does it she ends up being able to saw the the branch down she sustains three stings which do affect her but don't kill her um and she has some grotesque like hallucinations yeah which we don't need to get into they're pretty gross yeah um but uh one of them where she's not sure but one of them is like Peter comes back and is like what are you doing run and she's like, wait, what? Is he, is this a hallucination? Like, I thought it was with the careers, but she runs, she survives, you know. And is this where I think she's able to take a boat? Because one of the girls 
uh, oh yeah, group. one of the because she the didn't bow and know arrow. the name of yeah. has the bow and arrow that she wanted from the beginning, and so she sees this, and she in her like hallucinated state, it's like disgusting. She's like, yeah, this girl yeah, is we like, don't have to get into it, but it's yeah, gross. but she's like, and she manages to get the the bow out of her like basically like dead, dead body, yeah, and um run away with it, and then she passes out. She's like hallucinating. It's like yeah. three days of like hallucinations, and when she comes around. Um, she starts to take stock and she realizes that probably everyone else also had like a bad yeah. three days too yeah. because everyone so, got pretty like stung. Answer, yeah. So she's like, all right, I'm probably okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where she teams up with Rue officially. Yeah. So um, yeah, Rue finds her and is able to help her like um, heal her tracker jacker wounds a bit um, because it turns out in Rue's district, they have a lot of nests. And they're farming districts, so Rue, she can climb trees because that's part of her job in the orchards, is that she's often climbing trees. Um, even though she's school age, everyone has to be around for the harvest to help out, so she's had a lot of experience with that. And one thing that she also can do is uh, she knows how to heal like certain things, and she has knowledge of plants just like Katniss does. Yeah. And so and like some different plants because they're from different areas. So. Yeah. And so, like, different berries, too, that she knows that she can eat. So they team up and they start to pool their knowledge and their resources together. And, like, Katniss is going to help feed her because she's got the hunting skills. And so, yeah, they're basically teaming up. And then Rue dies. And it happens. They only get to be a team for, like, a couple days. Yeah, which Um, is sad. Because they end up... a good team. Yeah, and they end up actually um, making a plan to take out the careers camp. Because uh, Rue knows that they've set up... Um, a camp where they've kept all the supplies from the cornucopia and they know that the one of the boys from like district three or district 10 or something is stays is is with them but he stays at the camp and they end up figuring out that the reason is because like i think district three like does a lot with technology and um in the beginning of the games the the cornucopia is lined with mines so that if you step off your plate too early you get blown up so that's why like it keeps them all but it gets deactivated when, like, the thing goes off and you, they, they're trying yeah. to run in. Then the landmines are deactivated. But this guy has figured out how to reactivate the landmines and has used it to booby trap their camp. And so they figure this out, and Katniss and Rue make a plan to go, um, like, basically... Rue is going to distract them while Katniss destroys the food their food supplies. Because the main thing that they realize is that they have the survival skills, but the careers don't. And if they can get them separated from their source of food then they have a better chance of yeah. actually um, surviving. surviving. Because Katniss has that out. Yeah. And so um, she and Rue split up and they execute their plan and Katniss is able to destroy the um, supplies, but it also goes a little wrong. She um, uh, The explosion causes her to lose hearing in one of her ears completely. Yeah. Um, and Throughout then, the rest of the games. Yeah. And then um, it takes a while for her to... And there's also a part I think we skipped over where, like, the game maker sent in fire. Oh, yeah. She got burned. She got burned. Um, but she was, like, they, her sponsors sent her ointment, which meant it was very expensive. So it meant that, you know, she's got sponsors. People want to sponsor her. Yeah. So now, because I, I wanted to mention the ointment, because now she has some, uh, she has some, like, medical supplies, too. Yeah. That can help her that are even more high-tech than, like, what she can find in the woods. And, um, so she's, like, okay in terms of that, but she does lose her hearing. And so then she tries to make her way back to Rue, and they, like, go, she can't find her at at their signal fires that they had set up. Um, and so she's, like, okay, she probably just got, you know, redirected. And then 
she hears Rue's um, signal song because we also learn that Rue um, likes to, this is the most interesting part actually. So when she and Rue were connecting, um, she finds out that Rue's favorite thing is music. And Katniss is surprised by this because she's like, I can't think of anything like less useful yeah, than music. She's like, she's like what utilitarian uh, purpose yeah. does that have? You know, yeah. forget about like joy and happiness. And that's yeah. another thing is like, there's a lot of moments where Katniss is more about how something could be useful as opposed to yeah. whether you enjoy Just, something yeah. or not. Because she's never really had the opportunity to enjoy stuff. Except later on. So... So Rue, first of all, is like, she, Katniss like makes a note of this in her, in her mind of like, oh, music. But then Rue actually shows her how music can be useful because um, uh, Rue uh, uses a, like a four note tune to signal to her other workers in the field when it's time to go in. Because she can like, in the trees, she can see like when the signal goes up for them to like be done with their work. And so she can signal to people and how she does this is she'll hum her four note or whistle her four note tune. And then there's these birds called mocking jays, which was another result of like the capital. It's like a combination of a mocking bird and a jay. And a jabber jay. And the jabber jays are genetically mutated um, birds that could mimic human speech. And so like they would use them to spy on people and then um, like Report report back what people said. Yeah. And so then in the wild, the jabber jays, like they set them free because they didn't need them anymore, but then they ended up um, mating with the mockingbirds. And then so mockingbirds, they can't mimic human speech, but they can mimic like the tones and sounds of human voices. And they will pick up on like singing, especially if they like your voice, they will sing your songs. And um, Katniss remembers that her dad used to sing and like, I yeah. think he used to sing like the when he would sing, like all the birds would listen or something like yeah. that. And anyway. so Rue uses this to signal she teaches it to Katniss so that she can help um like signal to her when she's done so Katniss hears the signal and knows that Rue must be nearby but when she gets to her she's already been attacked by the boy from district 10 I think Uh, or district 1 I think it's no district 1's Kato it doesn't matter I think district 2 might be Kato I'm not sure whatever it doesn't matter a boy who is one of the tributes unnamed she kills him and yeah but he's already killed Rue and so Rue is dying she's got a spear through her and so Katniss Remembering that Rue loves music, she remembers a lullaby that she used to sing I to. I think Rue asked her to sing to her. Yeah. yeah. And so she sings a lullaby to Rue as she dies. It's very sad. It is very sad. And then... Um, and Katniss is very sad. Yeah. It's like a definitely an emotional moment. Like, she definitely bonded with Rue. You know, this isn't her survival. And Rue is literally anymore. like a child. I mean, they're all yeah. children. But... Yeah, um, but... So then, in before she leaves Rue's body to be taken up, because what, what happens is that a hovercraft will come down and will take the, like, the dead bodies out of the arena. Before this happens, Katniss decides in this moment, she's like, she she's not even, she's like angry at the boy who killed Rue, but she's not even that angry with him because she's like... It's not really she, his fault in it's, the end. It's her moment of clarity of remembering, hey, these people aren't really my enemy. It's like, we're being made to do this horrible yeah. thing. And we're all in this situation together and it sucks. And so she has this moment of clarity where she's like, I'm going to make a statement. And so she goes, she gets some flowers and she like arranges them around Rue's body and makes it like kind of a, into a scene. And we, it's implied that this is important because if they show it, if they choose to show it at all in the Capitol, it will be a moment that of solidarity and of like humanizing in a way of, of the situation enough that it might actually shock some people into being like, Oh, hey, this is wrong. This is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just to show of, like, it's caring between two people that it's it's not victorious that yeah. she, Katniss has survived and Rue has died. 
Um, so now we have to talk about Katniss and Peeta in the arena. Yes. Yeah. As we said, Peeta had teamed up with the careers. Um, Katniss wasn't super happy about it. And their, their paths hadn't really crossed since. But then, um, oh, the last we saw him, when he had told her to run, like, Kato was coming up behind him. And so she was like, oh, my God, like, Kato's going to kill him. But he, he's not dead yet. She would know by now. So then at one point after Rue died, the game makers announced, like, hey, guess what? If the two tributes from the same district are the last two, then they both win. And so Katniss is immediately, like, she literally says out loud, like, PETA, and then she's like, oh, shit, like, I'm going to give my location away, which turns out to be a good thing for her because it makes it seem like she, at this point, she was, like, mostly, it surprises herself that she even cares that much that she would say his name, but it makes it seem to the audience, like, oh, she was avoiding him, but, like, now, she, no, but she still really, she likes him. She still she, cares about she him. She still cares about him. And she... She does care about him enough to go find him. Yes, and so this is where we get some of the most interesting, like, dichotomy between like Katniss the strategist and Katniss the human yeah um and so Katniss first of all one thing that she's been doing consistently throughout the arena even before but especially in the arena when it's implied that they could be on camera at any and all moments um is that she's always aware of what kind of exterior she's has, putting forward yeah. and how people would be reading this watching from home because she spent a lot of time because it's mandatory viewing for everyone in in the country so she's watched a lot of hunger games too yeah. and so she also like we'll talk about some details of like old hunger games that she's seen disturbing stuff usually yeah so katniss is very aware of what she is um coming across as and in this moment she also she genuinely wants to find Peta, but she also thinks about how back home if she was watching she would hate a contestant who doesn't immediately go find their partner mm -hmm. if they're still alive and try to work with them because she would know the importance of like solidarity in that moment and yeah. like she would be like that that would suck so, so like, i want to yeah. put my best foot forward yeah um so she goes to find Peta, and she's against all odds able to track him down i know i'm still not even even after reading it again i'm like i'm still not even clear how she actually did this yeah he has camouflage he's like injured he's basically dying and he's so injured that he can't even move so he's camouflaged himself into like the mud and looks like a log right yeah like he's kind of, i think so like he's kind of part of the mud now like and that's yeah. the other thing is that he decorates cakes back home so uh, that's why he's good at the, the he's good at camouflaging yeah. himself sure so um yeah so she finds him and she stumbles across him she almost like steps on him yeah and he says like something like come to finish me off or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh my God, here he is. Yeah. And then she starts to realize just how badly injured he is. And she's it's like, like pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And so we get some of the most painful moments of her, like trying to, cause her, so we find out that her mom and Prim are really good healers. Um, and her mom used to be part of like the townspeople um, who was more well off before she ran off with Katniss's dad, who was from the scene, which is like the poorer part of town. And so she still has that knowledge, and so sometimes she still heals people when they bring them in. But Katniss is always making sure that she's very far away when this happens. Like, injuries gross her out. Yeah, basically. she's able to hunt and kill animals, and even killing people, she notes, is not actually that different if you can forget for the moment that they're people. But dealing with injuries, not really her thing. So she like, has knowledge yeah. about it, but she hates it. But she's forced to do it because Peta's leg is infected and gross, and she has to try to help him yeah um and so now we get this really interesting sequence of days where they spend time together and Katniss is like basically 
trying to nurse him back to health. And they also start playing up this star-crossed lovers angle. Mm -hmm. Like, well, not so much star-crossed anymore if they can both make it home. But this is where we really see that Katniss is battling with her strategist versus, Mm -hmm. like, what's what's authentic. She's wondering why, like, Hamish isn't having their sponsor send something that could help PETA. And then she gets in Hamish's head a little bit and realizes, oh, he wants me to show more affection to Peta. So she does. She starts, like, kissing him and caring for him, and, like, that gets Hamish to send medication that ultimately saves Peta's life. Yeah, and so she basically realizes that he wants them to play up this angle of the romance uh, for the cameras, and that it's a good strategy for the viewers to get more sponsors and also, like, to win the audience's favor, yeah. which is, this is the whole reason now that they've made this rule change is because the audience was rooting so much for Katniss and Peeta as, as star-crossed lovers yeah, that, that they, they want them both to win and live together. Yeah. So Hamish is like, don't lose this angle. Yeah. Keep playing this up. Um, and so Katniss is smart enough to realize that even though Hamish isn't there. Yeah. And it's implied that earlier when she did get some sponsorships, like she only got them after she did a certain thing and she understood that, oh, Hamish didn't send this to me until I found this because he knew like this or that. So she kind of, they've already developed, like we we get the sense that they have a very similar way of thinking. And so that's Mm -hmm. why they're on the same page. Um, and so we don't know what PETA feels about this because they don't talk about it because, you can't really talk about that strategy when you're trying to make sure it looks Everyone real. believes, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, kissing, but it's yeah. not... Most of it is, like, it's it's very utilitarian, like, Katniss is doing this yeah. clearly for the camera. It's, like, meant to be... So she's not really, like, in it so yeah. much as, like, other YA books that have, like, love triangles where it's, like, every kiss scene is like so important because it's like yeah. oh this I is mean this is important because it's life or death not because she's actually yeah in love or anything yeah um so we get like a few days of them like huddled out in a cave they get a nice basket of stuff from a sponsor like some actual good food which is great it's raining a lot um and then eventually there's very few of them left and they start to venture out and it's a little bit harder for her to give PETA that affection because he's so frustrating because he's injured and not experienced at walking through the woods. So he's just so loud. So in terms of the game, he could be attract, uh, attracting attention to their position, but he's also scaring away the food, the animals that she's trying to hunt so they can eat. So should this, there's definitely a little bit of strain on her being able to... Uh, show him the affection that she knows Hamish wants. And so it, you can tell there's a, definitely a difference between their days in the cave and then the struggle that she has, you know, forcing, like, it's really forced. It got easier as the longer that they were spending in the cave together. They were talking, getting to know each other. And now she's like, I have to, you know, let me just give him a kiss. Like at the end of the day, he's like, I'm, he wanted to go back to the cave instead of camping out somewhere. And she, from a tactical perspective, she's like, that doesn't make sense. But she's like, she kisses him and she's like, okay, we'll go back to the cave. Cause you know, he doesn't, she even notes, he doesn't ask for much. He's been a good partner to her and she knows that she needs to be a little nicer. Yeah. And it's noticeable that she, she can see that it doesn't, it's not as hard for him as it is for her at times. Um, and she's, she doesn't know why that is. She's starting to have an inkling that maybe some of what he said has not been just about the games. Yeah. She's kind of pushing that down. But there was one moment where they were exchanging kind of stories about their past. 
and she was trying to find a question that would get them on the topic of their romance so that they can appease uh, Hamish and the, the audience. And so she asked him about when he first knew that he was in love with her. And he actually recounts a story that actually happened yeah. from when they were very little and it's their first day of school and his father pointed her out to him because he said that he used to be in love with Katniss's mother. And so then um, he mentioned that she had run off with some guy from the seam and the reason that uh, people loved that guy was because he, when he sang, all the birds were silent, you know? So we get that callback to music as an important mm -hmm. thing. And then he recalls a memory where Katniss stood up on a chair when she was like very little in, in kindergarten and sang on the first day of music um, because her father had taught her a song. Um, and so she sang the song and he was like, I was in love with you from that moment on, yeah. basically. And she's like, huh, that, I don't remember all the details of that memory, but that sounds like yeah, it actually happened. Happen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then she also has this moment of realization about music where she realizes that before she had been dismissive in her head when Rue had mentioned music being so important to her because she was like, it's kind of useless. But she realizes now her dismissiveness, um, thinking back on her father and how he used to sing and how he taught her songs, um, that it was maybe less about actually dismissing music for its utilitarian value and more about her grief over her father yeah. and not being able to connect with it because it's too painful. Um, and so she also has that realization, which is very interesting because um, Katniss is a very self-aware character and she's, she's aware of sort of the grief and trauma and the effect that it's had on her in some ways, whereas in other ways she might be in denial about certain things right. or she might not always, she might shut off certain parts of her, but when it comes down to it, she's usually aware of how her life has impacted her and like why she makes the choices that she makes. And for example, why she's so distant from her mother um, and, and how it's, it's not really about her mother, but about this, like her basic survival needs not being met by her when she was depressed. And so feeling betrayed and just not being able to get past that. And in this moment, she's also aware that her irritation with the concept of music is really more about the pain that it brings up for her. And yeah. it's just so interesting. And mm -hmm. I liked that part. Um, and I like what Peta and Katniss's like interactions bring out about that because they also have like a few peaceful days where they're just with each other yeah. and they can just, we can just be with them before the action yeah. ramps up again. Um, and so there is, a, I think this happened already. We kind of, during their time in the cave, um, they had put medicine that I think Peta needed. Hamish had sent something, but they, the game makers had put medicine that Peta needed in the middle of the arena. Oh yeah, they have a feast. Yeah, there's a, a feast. And it's basically like inviting the remaining victors or tributes to go to the same place. The cornucopia. And essentially fight it out. And like, there's obviously, some, they're all watching, the game makers are all watching, so they know what the in, individual players need. So the thing that like Katniss and Peta need is the medicine. Yeah, more medic medicine. I don't remember. I'm a little confused because Hamish had sent medicine. No, that was for that was the burn ointment. But yeah, this but didn't is for... he send something else too that he needed? They sent he sent food. Yeah, but there was a third thing that I think was sent. And and then he sends he sends like sugar pills that are are for. Oh, they make Peta sleep. So yeah, because he doesn't want Katniss to go to the. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that was the, the yes. feast is intentionally meant to draw them together to have them fight. Yeah, so and some he's of like, them Katniss, you could die. Don't don't go. Do but that. meanwhile, like Peter's dying from the infection. Hamish sends something to that will just like put Peter to sleep. So she puts that in some berries and then he 
falls asleep. So then she leaves and goes to the cornucopia. And he, he recognizes the flavor because it's like yeah, it's a like common a medicine, medicine yeah. that they use to kind of knock someone out when they need to do something and um and just sedate someone. Um and so like he no he recognizes the taste in the the food that he eats and he and all of a sudden like he's trying to spit it out and she's like, she's forcing like nope. It. It's like it's kind of terrible actually. Yeah, but it's also like because, It's understandable, but it's a terrible situation. Yeah, yeah. So she does go to the cornucopia Ends up getting the medicine that she needs, gets in a fight with this guy Thresh, who's Rue's partner from, or not partner really, but Rue's counterpart from District 11? Yeah. Well, actually she was fighting, I think, Glimmer from Kato's Oh District. yeah, she was fighting. And then Rush, Rush, Thresh kind of saves her and doesn't kill her because of what she did for Rue. Yeah, who was his partner. And he didn't know about that, but Glimmer was like taunting her. Yeah, and, and Thresh was like, what is she talking about? And so Katniss tells him and he's like, all right, I'm not going to kill you. Even though like, you know, he didn't necessarily come to the games with any sort of affection for Rue, except for that he and Rue are in a similar position to Katniss and Peeta, where they come from an impoverished place. No one wants to be there. And so he's a bigger, stronger, older guy. You have to imagine that like he would have you know, been a little bit concerned about this 12-year-old, tiny 12-year-old girl and not wanted her to die, you know. Yeah. And wanted her to have some, like, even if he is a competitor and he knows that, like, he's happy that she was taken care of. He still has, like, a, a level of human respect exactly. for what Katniss did and for Rue yeah. um, from coming from his district. Yeah. And, it, again, it's like the, the districts that are further out have a closer culture and the districts that are further in towards the capital have a closer culture to yeah. each other. And so we can see that again in how like they interact and like yes. the respect that Thresh has for Katniss's actions. And, and that's juxtaposed against like Glimmer taunting her for do, doing that basically for helping Rue. And now then we have like, and she's district one. Yeah, or, or one of the careers. I, I'm not sure. I forget. I, it doesn't matter which one. It doesn't it matter. It's, yeah, one it's, the, it's one of the the closer yeah. ended. And so then you have that, and immediately after, you've got Thresh, who's got like a lot of respect for that and connection to it. So it's a good scene. So this is all to set up. And now this happens like while they're in the cave. They spend a few days in the cave. Peta, Katniss and Peta, you know, Katniss gets a scratch, but that starts to heal. Peta starts to heal because he gets the medication. Then they go out and, and they're developing this faction. Then they go out. It's a little bit harder for Katniss. All of that stuff that we just recounted. Now, the rush they've come to find dies probably at the hands of Kato. So that yeah. means that it's the two of them, Kato and the girl. No, Thresh killed Glimmer, and then Kato killed Thresh. Yeah. So in that, so it's oh we I Fox we said this. Yeah. We thought I forgot about Fox. Days. I was just talking okay. about Fox. Days. So. So she's not the one who taunted. Uh, yeah, you no, were, we were saying that yeah. Glimmer taunted. Yeah, yeah Glimmer. We're on the so page. Glimmer died. Glimmer was Cato's partner. Like she was the last one that Cato Cato could have worked with, with with her because of the rule change. Mm -hmm. But um, now she's dead. So it's just Thresh, Cato, and Foxface, who which they is, haven't really seen. Yeah, which she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thresh dies. Yeah. Um, and then Thresh dies, presumably at the hands of Cato. So then it's just Cadmus and Peta who've been hiding out in the cave, and Cato and Foxface left. Yeah. And this is where Katniss, I think, has killed two people up to this point. She killed at least one with the... Indirectly. Indirectly with the bees, and then one directly, the guy who killed Rue. So she's killed two people. Two or three, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's possible three, but I'm not sure how many killed with, she killed with the tracker jackers and whatever. Yeah. Um, or if I'm forgetting something else. This next comes Peta's first and only kill, but it's also inadvertent. There's also a question of whether he might have 
killed um because they, they attacked a girl earlier when he was with the careers and then there was no cannon shot so it wasn't oh, clear right. she was dead so then he, and he went back that's why oh, he, he might have gone back and mercy and, killed her yeah so okay this might be Technically, his, technically second his second kill. They don't talk but about yeah, it. Yeah, but it's unclear. They don't talk about it. Yeah. And this, and the reason I, I, I forgot about that, and the reason I forgot about that is because they do kind of act like Peter's struggling with this, even though it wasn't inadvertent. So in my head, I'm like, oh, this is his first kill. But yeah, it might have been his second. But then the first one also was mercy like killing, mercy so killing. it's different. She was already dying. Yeah. But so, uh, anyway, so Katniss and Peter decide to split up a little bit because Peter is scaring away the food. So Katniss goes to hunt, she comes back, and she's like really angry at him because they had worked out the signal, a similar one to her and Rue, and like he, he wasn't responding to it, she couldn't hear him, and so she's just like worried out of her mind. And then she comes back and like, he's fine, and he's chill, and he's like, oh, I didn't hear you. And she's like, what do you mean you didn't hear me? Like, she's getting like, honestly, a little bit of, like, it was because she was scared and worried, but like, a and little this bit is of an one overreaction of... in this scenario. True. And it's one of the moments, though, where you, you do feel like she has genuine affection for Peter. Yeah. Like, it's not all about just the yeah. strategy for her. No, because she was like, really worried that he died. But then she sees that like, oh, he nibbled at this cheese that they had to share. And she's like, and you ate without me? And he's like, I didn't eat without you. Then Peter's been gathering berries. She looks at the berries and she recognizes them from like when she had been hunting with her father and foraging with her father. And he told her like, these are not good berries to eat. And she's like, Peter, did you eat any of these? He's like, no. Then they hear a cannon shot. And which signifies someone has someone died. died. And so Peter's like, we got to get out of here. Like Cato's probably like around and on the hunt. And she's like, no, like, I don't, that, I don't think that's it. Like, look at these berries, look at the, the cheese, like, Fox's face, whatever her name is, is the one who ate these and she ate the berries because they were with the cheese and she died. And so that leaves the three of them left. Like yeah. at this point, it's the two and of them. And Katniss is like sad because she, well, I mean, she's sad in general because like she doesn't, as she, she has these moments of realizing she really doesn't hate any of her opponents, even yeah. if they are behaving terribly because she recognizes the situation they're in. But she also has a respect for Foxface being that she's noticed that she's been very, she's very smart yeah. yeah and so she knows that it was her who did it who did this because she saw her stealing food from the careers like yeah. surreptitiously before she knows that she does that and so she trusts when other people believe that something is, is edible she will trust that and the fact that Peta genuinely didn't know that these berries were poisonous he wasn't even he wasn't plotting yeah he, there was nothing malicious about it it allowed her to be lulled into a sense of security that she could eat this food. And it's, yeah. it's so interesting. And, and Katniss like, genuinely God. mourns for that yeah. intelligent, yeah. you know, opponent. Um, but also, thank God he didn't eat the berries himself. Yeah. Like, he didn't just, like, go along snacking. Because, like, damn. Because, yeah. But, but, like, that, I think that emphasizes, like, he was waiting for Katniss. And she did expect, like, they have, like, that kind of, like... Rapport. Rapport, where, like, they would eat together. And they would share everything together. And so, like, I think that's why he was waiting. He didn't want to eat without her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, Katniss saves uh, some of these berries. Because she's like, maybe we could, like... Like, trick, trick Kato. Kato or something. Yeah. Um, so, she's got all the berries in her pouch, which is something to remember and now we're coming to the end basically yeah there's only three tributes left it's her and Peta, and if they kill kato they win win and so they're basically like okay we're gonna make our way to the cornucopia because they're gonna force us there anyway so yeah so let's just try to finish this and she's got her bows she's got i think like seven of them left six or seven of them left now her arrows i mean um and so she's gonna try to take kato out but when they get 
to the cornucopia. Cato's mm -hmm. running out. Yeah, they actually they're there for a little while and he's not oh, yeah, showing he, up. Yeah, he didn't show up for And this is where while. I wonder if he was nervous to face them. It's because Cato this whole time has been portrayed kind of as this tough guy, like bloodthirsty, a little bit to the extreme. Yeah. Um and so you feel like maybe he would be and he's a career, so he's been training for this moment you feel like he would be more confident but i wonder if he had some fear going and knowing he's facing two people not knowing what katniss's like yeah. high sc high score was for um that he maybe didn't want to face them but yeah. then the game makers make sure yeah that they he force does. him out um yeah because he starts running into the cornucopia and katniss thinks that he's running at her and so she like starts to get her bow out but then she sees what he's running from and it's these horrible horrible mutant oh it's like, it's bad on a couple levels first yeah. of all I, I will say at, at first so it's like these from the distance they're like they're like mutant wolves um that katniss can see like they're extra big but then they also stand on their hind legs yeah. and like it's like they're like gesture, like humans yeah and i will say that description makes them feel a little silly because like i can't picture like like a wolf standing on his hind legs and gesturing to its buddies without like yeah, imagining a really bad CGI. Yeah. Um, but, but like that's when they get they are, closer, like... that's when it gets really messed up. Yeah. So first of all, uh, Katniss realizes they're shooting some arrows at Kato that he's got some kind of like full body armor yeah. on that's like mesh, like you can see through, but like it's it's like tight to his skin, like yeah. it's and so he's barreling protected. towards her and she's like, Oh fuck, like, you know. And then that's when she realizes she's running from something and not at her. And yeah. it's those wolves. And this is a really wolves, good, it's wolves. a really good flip because this whole time we've been expecting Kato to really be the aggressor. Yeah. The one that they have to defeat. And like now it is the three of them like running to the cornucopia trying to get up high enough to get away from these dogs. Yeah. And Pito just barely makes it. So it is symbolically in a way, like, it's like the three remaining tributes against the capital. Yeah. Like at this point. Very much so. Um, and so then we have this horrific scene where like they, they all scramble on top of the cornucopia and for a brief moment they're all kind of on the same side. Then yeah, Kato's like asking like what do you ask? He's, he said he asked ask if they, they can climb. climb. Like he's yeah. actually talking to them, you know. And they're all kind of on the same side. And then as they regain their strength, then Cato like takes his opportunity. He holds Peta hostage and Peta um notices you, you, you skipped over the the well, the, okay. We're, we're gonna talk about them again too, okay, but, but yeah. um, I feel like just like to get... getting over this part. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Peter notices that Cato has um, Peter's leg is injured again. He got like bitten by yeah, the monk, and he almost got dragged down. So um, it's like everything's real. But yeah, Katniss was able to put like a tourniquet on it, but he's like, she's like, he'll probably lose his leg. Like it's really bad. And um, Peter notices that Cato's like armor doesn't have mesh on his hands, so he like puts an X. In blood. in blood like while kato's, while like, kato's strangling like strangling him, him he's like and then katniss knows to shoot him there so she does and then he goes over the side and peter almost does i still don't like this is where the description was like a little hazy for me where like, i still don't understand how some of the action Kato wasn't didn't always clear yeah. yeah but luckily kato dropped him and didn't just like drag him down but um, it yeah and then we get like the most horrific scene. oh god yeah this is just so the worst bad because they know that the cap capitals, gonna, the game makers are drawing this out. So the mutts, first of all, Katniss noticed that the when they got up close, their eyes are human eyes, and their eyes are actually like m 
the eyes of the other contestants. Yeah, like so recognizable that she can tell that they're meant to be the contestants that she just knew for like the past week and yeah. didn't even interact with all of them that much. But like that's how and I think their like fur is like similar the to their hair, hair color yeah, and everything. Size is similar to their size. Like there's a sm the tiniest one or the smallest one is like Rue. You can tell is Rue. There's a bigger one that you can tell is Thresh. Like it's messed up yeah really um, really fucked up. and then the more fucked up part is that since kato's wearing this body armor the the dogs can't just like kill him straight up but they can like continue maiming him trying to get through the body armor so he is like it's like hours i think yeah where they're listening like, to him like mm -hmm. be slowly torn apart yeah um and it's 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 really it's just it's bad and then finally and it, but it's brilliant though because to end the games in this way, first of all, like, obviously there's the logic of the game makers want this to be a show for the capital, and the idea is that this is a show for them. This yeah. it, it might be horrific to us reading, but this is their entertainment, and that's the kind of society that we're in. But also, it really, on a, on a, on a subtler level, it really puts the... Um, the capital, like, as the number one en en enemy in, in this series. Like, it's it's not, like, we're not supposed to be in the games as games. Like, we're not supposed to be like, oh, yeah, we want Katniss and Peter to win. Like, screw Kato. Like, we're yeah. not rooting for, like, I mean, we're rooting for Katniss on one level, but on another level, it's not about that. It's, yeah. it's really about how horrific the situation is. So it's not a triumphant win. No. It, and Katniss eventually, like, looks over the side and Mercy kills him with an arrow. And he, she thinks that he's, like, trying to mouth like, but he doesn't even have like yeah, he, he's, features anymore. Yeah, he's like, like destroyed. Ugh. It's nasty, and it's like a terrible end. And it's not something where you feel like gleeful over having Kato. Yeah, even though like, Kato wasn't was objectively the villain of the arena, it, it doesn't matter. Like because he's yeah. only the villain because he was made that way, and they were all like, put in the situation. They were all put in that situation. And in another situation, he's not like that. And, and you still don't want him. He's a kid at the end of the day, and you don't want him to. Even Katniss doesn't want him to have this horrific death. Yeah. And something that Katniss is very, like... Honestly, I wonder why she didn't mercy kill him earlier. Yeah, I know. I think there was something, like, not being able to... Not being... I think he was, like, too far away. And then she could mm. tell he was closer. Mm. And was able to, to get to him. But, I mean, one of the things that I think Katniss very purposely... Like, it's very purposely put in there that Katniss realizes throughout the, the story... We mentioned there are times when she is really disgusted by certain other people, especially people of the capital... Um, for the privilege privileges that they have and the people who and the careers are, are um, privileged above Definitely. district 12 in certain respects too and they all have different attitudes about the games because of where they grew up but she's also often able to like zoom out and be cognizant of like the bigger picture of this is how these people this is the world that they grew up in this yeah. is all that they know and she she still has that very human underlying understanding of like we're all in this together and there, it, it goes back to that moment in the beginning of the book we didn't talk about, but uh, when she's with with Gail in the beginning, and they go and they sell their um, like strawberries, I think, to the mayor's house, and they uh, speak with Madge, the mayor's daughter, briefly. And because she's the mayor's daughter, she's well, she never has to take any tesserae. Yeah, she doesn't you recall, have to. Like two hours ago, she doesn't have to put her name into the <laughs> yeah. into the goblet of fire. Into the I'm sorry. Yeah, she doesn't have to put her name in for the reaping extra times. Um, so, yeah. um, but still, she makes a joke, um, just to lighten the mood on reaping day about, oh, you know, I want to look pretty if I go to the capital because I think Gail comments on her dress or Katniss does, and Gail gets offended because he's like, 
well, I bet you only have like five entries. I have uh, 42 or something. Oh, he didn't yeah, even I, say. He doesn't say that, he's but just, he's like, he's just he's unhappy about it. And like, and Katniss is like, yes, I agree in her head. Yeah. She understands, but she also has that moment of, it's not Madge's fault. Yeah. And it's, and, but she understands. And that's something that Katniss has always understood. And yeah. I think that's meant to show. She She's has both, understood. she has both understanding for Gail and understanding that it's just his frustration about the unfairness of it. It's like, he's not intending to be like mean or hurtful. And she's not really like about to, um, she's not really about to, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, judge? judge him for that. Oh, okay. And she's yeah. not about to, yeah. Uh, but she also, or reprimand him or anything, mm -hmm. but she also has that, that, understanding of it's this isn't the the enemy here. yeah and she's got empathy for madge because like for madge it is still a scary day she does have stuff in there and she doesn't really understand like madge doesn't really understand or maybe even know exactly how much katniss and gail have had to do she just yeah. doesn't have that understanding. it's not the situation yeah. she grew up in and so, anyway, so, so that was at the beginning. At the, the beginning. So we see this carry through, though, and ultimately in the dire circumstances that she's in, Katniss is consistently, and throughout the rest of the series, able to have empathy for people who may or may not be able to reciprocate that same kind mm -hmm. of empathy to her. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is something that makes sense for the character that she is, um, but also for the position that she's been in. Yeah. So all of us were relieved when she mercy killed Kato. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, they think, like, oh, my God, they won. But then, like, nothing happens. And they're like, what's going on? And, of course, the capital gets back on. And they're like, actually, both of you can't win. Only one of you can win. Yeah. And so at this point, like, Peta... Katniss, like, immediately... She thinks she that thinks he is about, to... about to kill her. Because he, like, picks up his knife or whatever. And she's, like, going to draw her bow and he's just like chucking the knife into the water and she's immediately like so ashamed of her reaction but because like at this point she should have known better but her survival instincts are just so strong and also she still doesn't know, like ultimately when it comes down to it she doesn't, she doesn't know, trust yeah. that that people will put their like someone else's survival over their own she doesn't she's not that's not her first assumption yeah um and because as we're starting to really understand it does seem like there's a bit more genuine emotion on Peta's side about this whole storyline yeah. than there is on Katniss's side. Yeah. And not that there's 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 strategy and genuine emotion on both sides. It's very interesting, but they're each more on one side than the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, and so at this point, like Peta's bleeding out from his open wound, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna die anyway. Just let it be me." And Katniss is like, "No, I don't want that. Like that can't happen." Mm -hmm. And he, Peter's like, they have to have a victor. And Katniss is like, I guess they oh, do. Uh, I guess so... they do. But maybe they don't. So she's still got the berries. Yeah. If you remember, the berries that killed Foxface. The ones and they, that... they kill you pretty much immediately. Yeah. Like, it's very quickly. Yeah. So Katniss is like, no, like, it'll be both of us. Like, we'll go together. Here, you take some, I'll take some. And they're standing back to back. And they're, like, putting it in their mouths. And they hold it out so that the capital can yeah. see. And, like, Peter's the one who's like... Right? I think he's the one who's like, so, yeah, I, I, want, I don't want, I want them, them to see, see. <laughs> yeah, like what it is. What, yeah. And then so Katniss is thinking in her head, like, they have to have a victor. They're not going to let us do that. 
but she's also prepared, I think, to die. Like, yeah. Because there's no, like, this. Because she didn't even know if she would make it this far yeah, she anyway. she didn't know if she would make it this she, far. But, and, like, but this, for her, is a bid for survival. Yeah. So she, she's not, this like. This is her last ditch attempt, and she wants it to be both of them. She wants them both to live. And she's comfortable dying, I think, because she knows it's also going to be a message. Because if both of them die and there's no victor, that's going to be huge and disruptive to the system. So she's like, okay, they're probably going to save me because of that. But even if they don't, like, this is going to fuck them up and screw them for everything they put me through. Um, which I don't think you get all of that, like, no. explicitly. But you can kind of but tell that can... that's what she's thinking. Yeah. Um, and then so, but she, spoiler alert, happens to be right. And they're and like, no, they're no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're both victors. Yay. Yeah. Um, and then so thank God timing couldn't be better because Peta's like about to die. But they get airlifted out. Like they're separated. He's taken off to heal. She's taken off to heal. And this is almost the hardest part of the book because right after is when the immediate effects of like the trauma that they've just gone through yeah. hits. Because it's like they're crashing from like immediate survival mode to like just like Moving yeah, so from like, one thing to the next, like you can't, you don't have time to like spend too much time thinking about what happened to you right. because you're just like you've got to live. But then in that moment when they're taken in by the capital again and like Peta's going into that's when surgery, Peter, like just like passes out because like the only thing that was keeping him up was adrenaline. Yeah, like, and now he's losing all the blood and like and Katniss goes like insane and yeah. she's like she's screaming, screaming his name like she wants to she doesn't want him to separate it from him like she wants to make sure he's okay because she doesn't even trust the capital at this point to save him yeah and then they take Which, her yeah, and they insane. knock her out and then they they like basically like she keeps waking up and coming in and out of consciousness for a while as they like slowly probably help her like recover week, from like this intense injuries that she had and also like the near starvation and the, the yeah the and the, but like they're fixing is... everything like yeah. she had her hands had been really rough before when she finally finally wakes up like any burns that she sustained were gone but like also any other scars like she's like her body's like basically perfect they've overcorrected yeah um, in a sense and she's still like also really really thin from basically starving but like other than that she's perfectly healed yeah and then she comes out and like She's finally able to see, like, um, Hamish and Effie again and Cinna. Um, and she hasn't seen Peter yet. And they're like, oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. Like, you, you know, you'll be re record reunited your, on TV. Yeah, they want to record your reunion. But you also feel like there's, like, something Yeah, off. something going on. Like, everyone's a little uncomfortable. But, yeah. of course, things are still being recorded. No mm -hmm. one can really speak freely. Um, and so that, Candace really knows something is up when Hamish comes in, goes in for a hug. He's like, yeah. How about a hug before she's going up to be interviewed, right? Yeah. And, like, see Peta for the first time. And he, like, whispers in her hair and is, like, like, yeah, the Capitol's, like, pretty pissed at you guys. Um, they're not happy. You got to make it look like it was for love, basically. Yeah, like, and you she, really got to sell that angle. She's learned to sell because, like, she knows immediately. She's, like, okay, he, you can't, the cameras can't see his face, but my face is still exposed, like, I gotta laugh. Like, like yeah. she's just like, ah, ha, ha, Hamish, like, hugging me, so happy. And she has that harrowing realization. She's like, oh, the like, games are not over. Yeah, we never, we it. are not, like, we're still in the games, basically. And and you start to get the slow realization that, like, this is this never ends. Yeah. Like, this is not the kind of situation that you ever get to leave. And this is what Hamish has been drinking to avoid, is, like, this repetition that he has to go through year after year. Even though he's typically not on display, he's just constantly in the thick of it all the time. Yeah. Um, um, so. But she goes up 
She is reunited with Peta. She makes it a very believable reunion. And like, there's a lot of moments where like, again, like there's there's certain moments that um, even in, in the arena, there were a few moments where Katniss notes a specific, like very genuine feeling that she's having. Like the difference between the genuine moment she has of like affection for Peta, even like a moment where she enjoys one of the kisses that they have. Yeah. Um, most of them were just for show. It wasn't her thinking, oh, I hate this, but it was her not really thinking about it. Just yeah, doing it was her it. thinking about it as like, I have to do this because we have to survive. Yeah. And so she notes the distinction between her moments of genuine reaction to sitting with Peta and seeing him again and being next to him versus her moments of thinking about, okay, I'm yeah. positioning myself this way, so I come across as that. Right. And because she is very, very happy to see him. Like, she's mm -hmm. so relieved that he's alive. She's so relieved that they both lived. Like, she, it's, so in some sense, like, it's easy to, it, it, there's some parts of it that it's easy where, like, yeah, obviously she's super happy. It's the parts, like, positioning herself so it looks like, she he's the person that like she never wants to let go of and like you and know like, that's yeah. why she's like okay i gotta because the reality of it is it's not as simple as they're uh one of them is just play acting and the other one is genuinely in love or vice versa it's like katniss um and Peta. there's it's clear that there's a genuine connection there whether it is romantic like love on both sides or not it's not even that important yeah. to the characters themselves but the reason why the storyline is so important is because they have to portray it as a completely innocent display where there were no thoughts going in their mind right. of defying the capital. There can't be any of that. None of that. It has to be that they were just it fully focused right. on a love story. It doesn't matter that there were genuine moments. It has to all be, be genuine. genuine with no hint of aggression yeah. or potential like sedition happening. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, as as this goes and, and the, there's like a horrific thing where like during their interviews they have to watch recaps of the games yeah which like which how? is just terrible but this it is, just goes to show you how disassociated the capital is because yeah it's like okay sure they're all fine watching it no one's got even a thought about watching the people who just went through this watch it again like relive it again after they finally got out of it like but also the implication that of course the people in power who are conscious yeah, of they're this aware. they're aware and they know what it does and they're, yeah, like, they're yeah, like yeah we're gonna this is purposeful we want to keep yeah. you like you never leave this arena but Katniss um, notices that they focus a lot on her and Peta's relationship and she's relieved and she sees like okay I did act like I there's enough there that like and she she could see that Peta was always playing that angle yeah. and that's when she's starting to really come to the conclusion that maybe like, okay. Peta was being honest when yeah. he actually said he had feelings for her and, and I think that's like that boils down to his ultimate strategy is like genuine honesty like, like authenticity just, yeah like and that's that's what enabled him to survive. And that brings us to one of back to one of Peta's most important moments we didn't touch on, oh, which no. is right There's before so in this book. they go into the arena, they are able to sneak up on the roof and have an authentic conversation where oh, no yeah. one will hear them. And one thing Peta says to Katniss is, "I don't want to let them change me in the arena. Yeah, like that's my right. one goal." And so we can see that whereas Katniss's main like goal has been survival, survival. she's like, "I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try." His has been, I just don't want to become a yeah. different person. Because he's also like, listen, I'm probably not going to be the one that makes it. But like, I don't, throughout it all, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to. And like, he is, and, it seems successful. Yeah. And she's pissed off too when he says this because she's like, she feels bad about herself. And she's like, oh, like this, yeah. uh, his high-minded bullshit. Yeah. Like, she's annoyed about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is, again, like, it's it's that the survival instincts and like, and it's it's not even like it's something that you can look at and and not judge Katniss's position or Peta's, but more yeah. be interested in how those those two things because you can tell it's also something that's like 
it's not just played out in like Katniss versus Peeta and how they differ like externally. It's like also Katniss's internal conflict with survival yeah. versus like her moral, like higher, like your survival drive versus your like higher, like more philosophical, like yeah. moral drive. Um, and so, uh, it's kind of warm in here on that note, actually, cause as we come to the end of the, um, book, it's basically just wrapping up their Hunger Games tour, realizing they're going to have to go back, but then also continue playing yeah. the roles as they, they are now victors. They have to participate have to every year. Yeah. Basically. And like help other people, like other tributes yeah. and everything. And then we have a weird moment right before the very end where Hamish sort of gives away the game in yeah. front of Peta, where Katniss is realizing like she she needs to talk to Peta because she knows now like okay his feelings are real and she's been not conflicted between him and Gail but she has been kind of comparing the two in their minds and she knows that she feels something for Peta but it's not what he feels for her but like there's something at the very least it's like genuine affection and she also is realizing okay there's something that I'm thinking about Gail for. Because Gail also at the very beginning has a, a weird moment for oh yeah where, where he's like they're in the woods together and he's like we should run away and he's never suggested this before because they both are so dedicated to taking yeah. care of their families and she just laughs it off but she's also kind of like that's weird but she realizes maybe that was something genuine from him and maybe it was like a genuine desire to start a life with her and she also isn't sure about how she feels about him. Yeah, so I mean that's one thing I like about this book is like okay yeah you've got and and even as it goes on you've got the uh, love triangle but it really is not about that and it's not shoehorned in it is it, what yeah no keep, oh i'm gonna yeah it, it, it is very much like this like okay it is it's a nice portrayal of like someone not focusing on the romantic relationships because they can't like it would be such a worse book if it was like oh my god this literal romance if it was what the capital thought it was, if yeah. it was this literal romance in the middle of the worst event of their lives, because I feel like that it's much more realistic. Like because it is, it's not like their connections um, to e their connection with each other is completely disingenuous, and it's not like that aspect of 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 it isn't there at all. But it's not what it's not, it's the, not the focus. Overblown, it's not the, yeah. Like where it's like for the capital that... people watching, it is the focus. Yeah, but we know, you know. I'm I'm just glad that the book wasn't the capital focus. I guess is is what I, I yeah, liked yeah. how they I liked how Suzanne Collins did it, um, and it feels really real. And then Kat, uh, Katniss's com I almost said cat conflict. Anyway, Katniss's <laughs> conflict when Hamish kind of reveals her like lack of love, for lack of a better term, for Peta, and like she sees how hurt Peta is and how upset he is that like all of the things that she was pretending are, are fake and he didn't know. Um, like she's, she's sad. Like she's legitimately yeah. sad. She doesn't want to ruin the progress that they made in their relationship because she cares for him. Just not in the way that he wants. Right. And, and because that's the thing too, is like, it is more, it is a romance for Peta, but it's also like a genuine, like there's genuine affection and care. And like for him, the way that Hamish kind of, what he said something he in passing that sort of reveals that it's more of a strategy yeah. for Katniss. And then it's kind of a rushed scene. It's not the best scene in the no, book. No, it's not the best I scene in the book. I questioned how it was set up. I feel like it could have been a little bit better. It's one of those, it that. is one of those classic, like, oh my God, say more words and maybe you'll clear some things right. up. Like, it's not, it, 
it would never be like perfect for PETA because obviously he wants her to be in love with him and he thought she was. But it's also like, Candace, if you just said some more words. Right, and she has a lot of thoughts. I think it's things that she doesn't even know how to express because yeah. she's never had to before, yeah. but it's like thinking about, well, okay, I don't even know what my situation with Gail is, but then there's also the fact that I already know, I, I, I'm already taking care of my family and that was always my concern. So like, how do I, now that they're I, taken care of, because oh, when, when you win, you get a lot of money and you, yeah. you're you're basically fine. So like, what am I doing with my yeah, life like she now? Doesn't know, all she's been doing is hunting and taking her family. She has no idea who she is when she gets back, what situation is going to be kind of waiting for her. So she doesn't know how to contextualize yeah. anything that has been built with PETA, like in that. And scenario. because of her, like her specific kinds of trauma and, and what her, her parents went through when her dad died. And then also what her, um, just, her not wanting to have children in like a world where the Hunger Games exists, right? And therefore, like not being enthralled with the idea of like getting married and having a family, she's just like, there's a lot going on in here. That yeah. it's not about Peta. It's, it's really not. about her not having like been able to not just not being in that mindset. And, not, and that's where you kind of do see like maybe they hadn't built up their relationship enough for her to talk to him about this. Maybe that's yeah. why she doesn't say more words. And you're like, Katniss, just say more words. But. Aside from this and that scene being a little bit rushed to me, and me also questioning what Hamish was trying to accomplish, if he was yeah. conscious of what he was doing there. Because he's been so Yeah, like maybe like he with was, it. Like maybe he, it was like a like a you guys need to talk about this, so I'm just gonna say it. Right. Or it was like, oh, he's done and now he's he because we see done. Katniss revert back to like kind of her like she's going home, so she's kind of getting out of things. We see that. So maybe that's also Hamish getting out of things. He's not gonna be as sharp anymore. He's gonna go back to just like being a drunk fool, yeah, it um, could be that. It, it, it's unclear, but yeah, and, and there's also, of course, the idea of there's a lingering threat of like the capital is definitely not happy with yeah. the display that they put on, even if they're going to portray it that way for the rest of the capital, like the the president, the government, they have their eyes on Katniss and Peta specifically because they don't trust their act, mm -hmm. um, and so like it's it's that's the pressure that they're also still under. Yeah. So there's a lot else of like, there's a lot of other things going on that makes this not a cut and dry situation of, Oh, we get to go home and be together now. Yeah. Um, Which and, is what PETA thought yeah. it was. <laughs> Poor PETA. But this, the discussion of the love triangle a little bit more brings me to some of the like theory and kind of philosophy oh, yeah. that uh, is going on with these books that we see more in the later books, but I want to bring into play now. Um, so I, I was looking up a um, an interview with Suzanne Collins, and if you've like looked into the Hunger Games at all, you've probably seen stuff about this too. But one thing that Suzanne Collins said that she was wanting to explore in the Hunger Games was um, the just war theory, which is or just war theory in general. It's like um, a practice of theory where you basically philosophize about what cases in which war might be just, yeah. and what cases it might be unjust, and it involves a whole bunch of things from like different tactics that you use and what is moral versus not moral and also like who's who's considered a civilian who's considered not a civilian i studied this is there... actually in uh political science well in one of my political science classes but that was a long time ago i don't really remember much <laughs> well i, I don't I, I can't that it is a theory i can't profess to know much about it i just did a little bit of reading on it before this but one thing that she mentioned about um specifically about Peta and gail because one thing i was thinking about as i was reading this was like okay what really was like motivation behind having a love triangle here could it have just been a lot of young popular young adult novels at the time had love triangles so the publisher wanted that right but i was feeling like no it's serving a purpose yeah. here and you do get the sense by the end of the series without getting into it that 
the sort of the the thing that Katniss is grappling with between the two of the, of them, like Peeta and Gale, is comes down to more of like an ideology. Yeah, definitely. Um, versus, um, versus like person versus person. So like what she does say, and I won't say like what they embody, but that Peeta and Gale are meant to embody like two different perspectives on like mm. war and like the just war theory and like things like um things like that. So they are meant to be like almost ideological. Um, opposites, foils, yeah. and it's kind of meant to represent Katniss's own perspective and choosing a perspective yeah. ultimately end, in the end. And and you don't and really... You do, it's more pronounced, like, as In the later on. books, yeah. yeah. But I do... I love that, because that was something that, after reading books, even when I was younger, I, I kind of saw Peeta and Gail as that kind of... These opposing forces that Katniss is choosing between, and it's, it's not just about this boy versus that boy. Right. It's really about like something fundamental about Katniss herself that she's grappling with, yeah. And um, and it's really interesting. And uh, you might, if you have not read the books, you might um, sort of get the gist from this conversation that the later books are maybe going to to drift more into like war territory. But there's there's you can already see that there's the yeah sort it, of. It's there the underlying ideas are all there already. yeah of like there that something's gonna happen because yeah. there's something bubbling under the surface that's coming up now of of um rebellion and and things like that so you do get more of that in later books but the seeds of it are, are definitely planted. planted here um and it's really interesting to witness and i do really love i love because the thing is i think that you there it's not an either or in books where you either have uh, you're all in on like a romance love story or you have a really interesting ideological kind of thing going on it's like everything i feel like should mean something in a story yeah and um, i feel like this is good with that like yeah. this is definitely especially compared to some of the other books we've been reading like this there's everything i think it's very well thought out in yeah. terms of it's very detailed like yeah the, and details, the details even are, of are pretty the, important yeah even of the characters names i mean we yeah. already talked about katniss and her survival skills and the detail that goes into that. But, like, the characters' names, um, you might think, like, Peta is kind of silly because he's a baker's son, and, of course, Peta yeah. is, like, Peta bread. But it then, like... It's P-E-E-T-A, not P-I-T-A. So it's different. It's different. But, um, but then also the names of, like, um, like Cinna and Cato and um, uh, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the capital citizens mm. and things like that come from, like... like I, I Roman. I think Roman yeah. and, and, so, and Panem, like, the name Panem has to do with like the combination of the words like for bread and circuses in Latin or mm -hmm. it, it harkens back to that phrase which is like bread and circuses was like um I think it had to do with like Rome the Roman Empire and like keeping the citizens entertained right yeah um which makes sense and like distracted from like political issues and things like that um which like and the Hunger Games are both a distraction from political issues and a reminder of yeah. you know what political issues could lead to and uh, yeah a reminder of of like you're under our thumb yeah. and um and then also like um just katniss's name being the name of a plant that can also um help you survive which katniss yeah. thinks about in the book and then like i think gail hawthorne he's he's his name's also plant related prim primrose is obviously a plant related yeah does primrose have a function or is it just a flower i think it's just a flower it's pretty yeah that's exactly um and this leads me to my point from the beginning my least favorite character it's prim really why yeah She's... it's not her fault it's really katniss's fault that i don't like her um but it's because she's so sheltered from the realities of even her life 
she just annoys me. And it, it, again, it's Candace's fault because Candace is the one who like coddles her and protects her and like immediately like she took her hunting one time and Prim like didn't want to kill the animals so Candace never took her again and I'm like I totally get it you want you know Prim to be a kid and you want her to have that as long as possible but also like they're not really that's a luxury and so she set Prim up for absolute failure going into the games like if Prim had to go into the games like she would be the first one like she doesn't have the skills that Rue even had as a 12 year old like the healing is what she can do but like that only gets you so far and so i'm like it, it's really katniss i'm annoyed at but it makes prim such an annoying like she has no agency because katniss has done this to her interesting and you but you know what um so i i get what you're saying there i think it's really more of prim through katniss's eyes yeah because well, first of all she is 12 so she's, she's, she's allowed to be like you know <laughs> um like less experienced at life but also like katniss yes. For her, for Katniss, it was like she was almost like Katniss's kind of um, tether to like survival. Yeah. In the beginning, I think, um, and so it became so unthinkable for Katniss that Prim would ever end up in the game. She did yeah. everything to make sure that she wouldn't, and so it makes sense that that is how what what kind of like how things would turn out. But I do feel that we see as the books go on, we don't even, honestly, we don't get a lot of Prim. I think no, we I don't get more talk of about her. her. I don't really remember too much of her from the later, the later books. books. I'm talking about her as my least favorite character in this book. And that's a very like, I'm not, it's more of her, I'm not that. It's it. more of in concept. It's yeah, not it's really her concept, as yeah. a character. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that then later on in the series, we see Prim is a little bit more, I mean, because we have a little hint of it here. But the idea that Katniss will run out of the house when someone comes in with a grotesque injury or a terrible but illness, Prim can stay. but Prim will stay. And, and, that, and will... that's what I'm saying. Like she, It's not like she's without merit, but in terms of, you know, she's still a child. And like, in theory, it's like, yes, like I said, let you want children to be able to be children, but we're not in that universe. Like Prim needs to grow up a little bit, but again, not really her fault. No, and she does, and that's the she thing. She does, is it's, and it's it's sad, but it it's also sad. like she does, yeah. But I get, but, but I get so what then, you're like, saying. If you think of it from that perspective, like maybe it's good that Katniss did let her be a kid for as long as she possibly could, you know, because she was gonna have to grow up anyway. But I'm like, maybe things would be different if she'd like given her an edge and like you know taught her like. You don't want to force her to hunt if she doesn't want to hunt, but, like, keep trying, you know? Like, like kids might not like certain foods the first time you try it, but you just, like, keep introducing it to them, and eventually they might eat it. I did. That's how I got myself to, like, mushrooms. But I would I argue that it is good to have some characters who do not have what it takes, quote-unquote, to kill. I mean, yes. But I'm also not thinking, have to. But like, if I'm thinking like, if I'm an older sister in a situation where like, yeah, my younger sister could potentially be reaped for the Hunger Games, I'm like, let me try to teach you some useful skills that will help you. It'll keep us alive, and you never know when you might need them. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like your frustration is more with Katniss. It is definitely more <laughs> with Katniss. Um, but it's just the way like it reflects like where any scene with Prim, I'm like, Ugh, Prim, so just. Be a little bit. Yeah, I get I where know. you're coming from. I don't agree. I have. I just feel like my perspective is just different. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So, so this is quite long. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Let me just check Final my thoughts. document to see if there's anything else really quick because yeah. we're here, so I might as well. Yeah. Um. This is a book with a lot of substance. That's why. I mean, we didn't even touch on anything, all of the details. So, I mean, if you haven't read it yet or you want to reread it, like, there's still obviously there's still so much more that we didn't cover, and it's 
better done. Yeah, than, there are definitely some like did. important details we left out. But you can't um, cover everything. But it's really good. I mean, if you haven't read it yet, or if it's been a while, I would definitely ooh, check it out again. It's yeah. a fun read. I mean, okay, no, that's wrong. It's not. It's fun, not a fun read. But it's also <laughs> not not fun. No, it's found, engaging. It's yeah, a very it's very engaging. engaging. I can't. I couldn't put it down. Same as when I was younger. This whole time, I I, I literally read it. I think in like two days at at least or at most. I mean, and it it's just. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, I would say I I remember the movies being a decent adaptation, but the yeah. book it's just but different book, when you can yeah. be in the character's head. It's just a it's different, different experience. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel like the characters like in my head are so different from how they're actually yeah. pictured in the the yeah. the movie. Some of them, so well, mostly Katniss and Peeta. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, Gail. I pretty much think of was almost exactly like what's his name. I don't. I don't. It's only because like. I think because he wasn't in this book as much. Like, if I read yeah. the next one and he's in it more, like, I think then I will yeah. have him more in my head. I'm not, I don't know, yeah. Um, I don't know, yeah. but anyway. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's definitely an engaging read, so I do recommend it. It holds up, I think. Yeah, and there's a lot to get into. I do hope we get to the other two books. Yeah. Just because there's more we can dig into with Just War Theory and yeah. with Peta and Gail and what they represent and, like, just symbolism in general yeah. it's great so all 12 of our uh viewers or listeners please uh, leave let us know if you want us to do the other two books in the series and special shout out to jack and brady for requesting this one yeah and yeah. for anyone else if you have any requests or books that you want us to talk about feel free to let us know and we'll do it yeah i mean it will depend on if we've read them or not, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it, it'll probably depend on if we've read them or not, but go for it. And then don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at Read and Repeat Podcast on Instagram. I think we, I think that's what we are on Twitter, but I don't, we're not really using that so much. And you can leave yeah. a, a comment, I think, now on Spotify as well as YouTube. Yeah, we're going to start putting up some more polls on there probably. Um, so that'll be fun. And then, uh, we'll let you know what the next book is. Gonna yeah. Be. Yeah. And we've got some plans. We, we are going to try to also get back to the book that yeah. we skipped. We, yeah. We'll get back to that one. We've got some serious ideas coming up. Things are going to start moving again. So look out for some of that. And, uh, thank you for listening or watching. You can find us on wherever you found us now, but YouTube, Apple music, Spotify, Google something, Google podcast, Google podcast. I, I don't know how all that works. I just, yeah, we're on those. So, all right. Thank you. And so each Katna and Peta Katna. 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 That's their couple name, I guess. Katna. I keep having this because their their like couple name could be something else. I know. <laughs> and every single time I'm afraid I'm gonna say that instead That's of their funny. names. <laughs> it's really bad. It's There's a little bunny outside. There's a teeny little bunny. Yes, um, yes. Katniss would eat you. Yeah. <laughs> She would. She did. She ate a lot of rabbits. Anyway. Like, what it means about cactus. Ca cactus. <laughs> what it means about cactus. Well, that is another plant name. Not, yeah. I mean, cactus like, would be cactus. a good Because cacti, cacti are resilient. They're thorny on the outside, but, like, have... I think they, they're edible. I think they... Right? Yeah, like, they, like, they're retain like, a lot of water. Yeah, and so, like, they're good, can, like, nutritious on the inside. What if we read that has someone inside? eating the inside of a cactus? I don't know. I'm thinking of something, though, right? Like, that's a thing that we... Yeah. That was definitely do. in a book. Yeah. Somewhere. For first survival, someone had to, like, Was eat. it one of the ones that we did for this? No. No, no, no. It wasn't. Okay. I don't know. It anyway. <laughs> um, cactus. Cactus. 
what we were saying um, before you called her cactus? I don't even remember. Probably nothing important. 